Josh, is it is it recording? Well, you could have you could have said it was recording. Hiya, it's Sally here. <laughs> just a quick one, just a quick one. You can now rate Say Your Mind podcast on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts. So if you can, do make sure that you do both. I know that some of you are just a little bit lazy. I can't say that. But why? Why? Why is it rate? Uh, anyway, <laughs> now for the urban intro music. <laughs> It's the Ben's Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this so Sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sipping yo Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know Collect you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind What'll you do, Cassette? is far away you don't know truth you just chat poo that's from the opening of that um sitcom is it could you call it a sitcom that used to be on tv birds of a feather it'll make sense later on probably or maybe not it might not make sense at all but it's me kalechi and I'm here, not even in a place to be. I am just here and I'm so tired. And you're listening to SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right, suck your mum. Yep. Another week, another week. And I, like I said, tired. Just having a swig of water. Um, it's been rather a rather interesting week. Lots of like little bits feeling like they're coming together. Can't off the top of my head remember most of what I've done, to be honest. I mean, oh, I went to, what did I go? Was it on Friday? I think it might have been on Friday. What did I do? I'm literally looking at my calendar to see what I got up to, but sometimes I don't even be putting things in my calendar. Um, I got my nails done. I got my nails done. Um, and I got Biab. I haven't done Biab before. It's like Builder in a Bottle, I think it's called. So I went to a really, really lovely girl, Sabrina, and um, I'm going to actually look up her name now I'm on here so I make sure that I spell it right. But it was just such a lovely experience. Like we just vibed and yeah, by Izana. So by B-Y underscore E-Z-A-N-A, Sabrina, um, she's a natural nails artist. And she only does natural nails, like literally only does natural nails, no acrylics, no nothing, um, and cuticle care. And she's based around London Bridge. And I was introduced to her th- through, um, is it Melanin, Melanin Mish? Yeah. Um, I saw her at an event for This Is Planted. Look at me, look at all the dots connecting. Saw her at an event for that. Uh, for This Is Planted, sec- uh, celebrating their second birthday for being, you know, being a brand that does like great, great products for for hair. And so I met her there and she told me, I looked at her nails. I was like, your nails are sick. Where did you get them done? She's like, they're my natural nails. I got them done um, by underscore Izana. And I was like, bet. Went on to her um, booking things to try to book the the day the only day I could find was was after Silverstone and I was just like you know what I'm just gonna book that and I'm not gonna have any sort of nails done in the meantime because the space 
would have just not been worth it. So yeah, finally got it done. And I really, really like them. I really like the care she took doing them. And I've got like a really cute design, like cute designs on all of them. And yeah, it feels better, better than shellac. Um, and I hear SNS is terrible. Um, same as acrylics, but, um, yeah, it's really good because of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I like having my nails done, but obviously they have to be short so I can grip and do all the things that I need to do. So usually because they have to be short, you go to these nail salons and you're like, oh, I want this design. And they're like, no, you can't have it because you need longer nails. And it's like, well, just scale the draw, scale the design down. Why are you making it out? Like it's some difficult thing. Like Jesus was turning water into wine. What is so difficult for you to just paint my nails? Like what is the, what is the problem? So anyway, um, yeah, they are cute and they are done. And I had a lovely experience with her. So if you've got natural nails and you just want to do something, do that. And, you know, I'm saying all of that. I paid for my nails, you know, because sometimes, you know, I don't like to big up things necessarily that I get for free. So I don't tend to accept a lot of things because if it's shit, I don't want to now be bound to say something about it if I didn't really enjoy the experience. So I'd rather pay for the thing and then know that I can say what I want. And I just had a brilliant experience with her and I really like her, her studio space where she does the nails and stuff. So that was one cute thing that I did this week. This is coming like a vlog, but there's no video. And I will sort out the video eventually, actually. Um, I will get that done. I know that I've been taking time with that. I also had a photo shoot. Look at me just having photos and photos and photos. It must be something to do with Neptune, like how it's influencing my, my, my chart because photos on photos. Um, I had a brilliant, brilliant photo shoot with somebody and um, they sent the pictures uh, back so quickly. They are phenomenal they are phenomenal. I cannot wait to put them out. And because I love them so much, I was just like, I'm actually not even going to rush to put put them out because Instagram's on its way out. I, I'm so over the way that they've suppressed my page. They've suppressed so many other pages. It's just like, what is the point even? Like, what is the point? So I don't want to waste that image. I really don't. So I've got to think about how I'm going to drop that. Um, yeah. Um, but I guess one of the, the main things I did was Friday. Yeah. Friday, I went to the Who We Be X City Girls after party. It was like the City Girls after uh, party for the Wireless Festival. And it really gave me a chance to like dress up, you know, because like, I'm so used to kind of like going to, you know, events that are a bit more formal or if they're like informal there's just like a very chill chilled vibe I don't think I've gone to like what I would call a bait event for a while and the thing is I wouldn't have necessarily gone if I I mean they said that you know it's going to get busy and whatever but they also said that it's more like industry people that were being invited and I I guess that there are just lots of people in the industry because there were lots of people um so yeah I got there around like what 11:30 must have been around 11:30 maybe yeah I say there about I think around 11:30 when I tell you by 1 I think around 1 I'd already left I just think that you get to a particular stage and you're just like you know what I accept my destiny I am now officially 
an auntie. Well, I was officially an auntie when my nephew was born, but you know, like an auntie in the colloquial sense, because after 10 minutes of being there, I was already like, Ooh, time to go home. Not even necessarily because I was tired. I just thought, I feel like I kind of finished all doing all of this stuff. I want to say around 2013. Not that I haven't been out since then, but I haven't just been to this kind of place. And I'm really, um, you know, glad that I was invited. It was, it was, it, you know, it was really, really cute. It was a great vibe. The DJs were obviously like brilliant and stuff. Um, but it just got to a point where I was just like, hmm. And also thinking about the people for me on a very practical level as well. I was thinking about the fact that I knew that I would get there and I'd see people and I was going to meet somebody there anyway. Um, but overall, everybody had scattered off every, and doing their own thing and dancing. And I was dancing. I wore, I put a really cute outfit together. I had, the, I have this yellow leather jacket. I think they called it shirt slash jacket from ASOS. I had a, that mustard yellow uh, leather jacket on, um, some cute clear heels and like a lingerie uh, like type like slip dress um like body fit whatever you call it um underneath body con I'd be had that and my hair was just pinned back and even then when I was pinning my hair back and doing the whole look and I was just thinking I think this look is beyond what this kind of event will be but I said anyway shall I let me go but it was cool to see some faces in real life but I was thinking to myself at the same time like the same way that I'm here and I'm seeing all these faces and they're people I'm cool with, there's a likelihood that I'll see faces that I'm not cool with. And now this heel will have to come off and make contact with somebody's head. Um, so I had to kind of think about that as well. Like, mm, I don't know. I don't know for these vibes. I don't know. It was just, um, I think it was a great event overall. I didn't, I didn't necessarily like sense any bad vibes or anything like that. I just felt like, oh. This is time for me to go home. I just felt that way. Like, but it was really, it was a really, really, um, it was really nice to see people and, you know, all the drinks and stuff, you know, that they had all the varieties. I just thought like it was, it was really well done. But I think that I definitely prefer much quieter things. I think that the reason I was so quick to go is similar to how I ended up not going to the WizKid concert. But as it got closer, I was just like, as much as I like the vibe of what this could be, mm, I don't like humans like that. So, but it was, it was great to be, um, you know, it was nice to be invited. As for the city girls as well, um, on, on this subject, I didn't see a village girl. I didn't see a country girl. I didn't see anything. I did not, I didn't see a single cause I left, you know, it was by the time I was going, it was around 1am. I said, uh-uh, where are they? Where are they? What, what are they doing? I had to go, man. I, I can't be doing all of them things there. I just feel like not in a weird, not in a silly way, but I can't be waiting on people for the sake of celeb. I'm sorry. Me too. I'm celeb. Abby. I'm, I'm, I'm godly ordained celeb. I can't, I can't be doing it. I'm not, not waiting for people. I'm sorry, but I'm, I saw pictures and it looked like Megan the Stallion even showed up with them. Now I would have loved to see her like as well. I'd love to see her. Like I didn't want to see the city girls, but I also had to be honest with myself. Like, can how many city girls, city girls, city girls, city girls, city girls, how many city girls songs do you know? How many? 
If they asked you right now, 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 begin, begin rapping, what do you know? So I said, let me just respect myself. Let me just respect myself and be going because, yeah, everybody just looked so young. My God. I mean, there were some people who were similar to my age there and they were having a great time. But me, I was just so hyper aware of how young everybody was. Um, But it was the cutest part for me. The absolute loveliest part was the number of girls who stopped me and they were like, oh, thank you for making that episode. You know the episode. Thank you so much. Like, you're amazing. That was beautiful because to me, that's what makes doing this stuff worth it. Every time I bump into like young women like that, who are just like, nah, you, you've you did what you needed to do. And they are in these sort of party um, environments. I know that they'll be okay. You know, I, I feel like, you know what? Yeah, you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. So yeah, by the by, that was what I got up to. Um, yeah, that was pretty much, pretty much it really. Um, but yeah, I, I learned my lesson in that. Just keep it to the small events. Just keep it to like the loungy, maybe a little bit formal events. It would be nice if like these more formal events had like good music. I think that that would be like more of a balance for me. I don't even know what particularly I'm trying to describe, but I just feel like it needs to be more loungy, less people, great music, um, nice drinks, some food if possible. And that is enough for me, you know? Um, but I really, I, I, you know, it was cute. It was cute. I just knew that it was time for me to go. I just literally, I didn't even say bye to anybody. I just went up and I just left, got in my car. That was another thing as well. Being able to drive home is a flex. Like usually I'd be booking Uber and Uber and Uber. And I didn't consider that, you know what, why don't you just drive, just drive. So drove and it was smooth, you know, it was smooth especially because they ease up on that congestion charging higgy hagger. Um, it made it worth it. Then on Saturday, I went to go and watch The White Card by Claudia Rankin um, at Soho Theatre. And I was speaking on a panel straight after it about de-Americanizing the race conversation in Britain. And, you know, a baby girl was spitting bars, a baby girl was spitting facts. And I really enjoyed that, you know, doing the things that I enjoy, doing the things that I love, talking about things that um, make me feel zingy and zangy. It was all cool. It was all cool. Anyway, let's get to the tarot because I feel like I have talked enough. And from when Jonathan said he thinks that this episode is going to be three hours, I said, God forbid, I'm going to be back home in no time at all. Um, Let's see whose letter did I choose? Oh, it's hot in here. It's getting hot in her. So take off all your clothes. Let me see. I am getting so hot. I won't take my clothes off. Hi, Kalechi. I hope that you and your loved ones are well. As always, I'm praying for you and your continued health, wealth, and continued success. You are a light and I pray you uh, pray you continue to burn as brightly as you do. I wanted to give a bit of a backstory just to put things into perspective. I went to uni under pressure from a few family members and my plan was always to finish uni and then chase my dreams. Unfortunately, I wasn't a quick get in. Uh, it was, uh, sorry, um, unfortunately, it wasn't a quick get in, get out situation. And I ended up taking six slash seven years to graduate due to homelessness, poverty, and onset of of a chronic and life-changing condition 
a termination and the pandemic. Alhamdulillah, I um I graduated with a first in October 2021 book book. Despite all of the challenges, I was also very fortunate enough to be in a position where I could quit the job in Feb um, I was doing while studying to support myself. It's been four months since then, more bumps along the way while I, um, my life is a series of unfortunate and traumatic events, seriously collecting all the trigger warnings. And now I'm finally in a place to focus on what I want to do next. I want to start a few creative ventures, but ultimately I want to model and act. A baby girl is cute. Okay. <laughs> I'm really terrified because doing both of these things are so insecure and ins- unstable that they fill me with anxiety. I've experienced a lot of instability in my life. I migrated many times to many countries as a young child, had a very violent and unstable mother. I've experienced homelessness m- multiple times. I've made, I've been made redundant. There are not enough words in all the languages I speak for me to be able to communicate my deep desire for stability. Plus, I'm a Taurus sun and moon birth chart attached if it helps you. I want to clarify and say that despite the fear, I'm going to do the things I want to do or try my very best. Um, if it works, it will be the straight out of my it will be straight out of my wide, wildest dreams. If it doesn't, then I'll pivot and change course. But at least I gave my dreams an honest shot. I truly believe that even when things are going wrong, they're going right. But I'm scared as hell about the potential lack of stability and more importantly, lack of money. Sometimes I think following a more traditional career path would soothe my inner child and mine deep, um, deep want and deep need for stability. I also turned 28 and age is something that weighs heavy on my mind. Like, am I too old to start modeling and acting? Another thing that weighs heavily on me is the current state of affairs. This government wants to kill us and I don't know how realistic my dreams are when faced with the cost of living. I would deeply appreciate some guidance from spirit, God and the universe. That's a ba- What's a baby girl like me to do? Also, I'd appreciate any practical advice from you as an actor or from those listening, sending you more love than you can hold and always, always praying for you, a baby girl. Thank you, baby girl. So just looking at your bits. So you are a Taurus sun in the fifth house. Nice, nice. Um, and you're a Sagittarius rising. 24 degrees. Cool. Um, Interesting. Moon in Taurus in the fifth house. What's happening in your fourth house? Ah, okay, okay, okay. Uh, reload it. Um, Scorpio. Okay. So, like I'm always saying, remember that I'm not an astrologer currently. You know, I just like a bit of astrologizing with my things, them. And let's pull some cards about this. But off the bat, what I will say is like, you are never too old to live your dreams. We have to move the phrasing away from chasing your dreams because you don't have to chase what is inherently yours. Like your dreams, I have come to believe that um, your dreams are kind of like the, like the remnants of like the blueprint of your life. Like the reason that they are there is because they hold that that's like the map for all of this. Your dreams are the reminder or like the key almost to, to, to understand the map of your life. And, um, 
yeah, you have to, you have to trust that. You don't have to chase that. You know, you don't have to chase it. It's already there for you. You just have to live it. 28 is by no means at all, at all, at all too old to do anything. All right. Now, Let's get into what I do know off the top of my head Because you sent your chart through But also remember that aspects are important Like so um, the houses that certain planets are in Will then be having conversations with certain other planets Based on the degree that the planets are at, etc, etc So I'm just going to give you my my sort of sparks notes Understanding of Wagwan for you at the moment So one thing that strikes me as soon as we were talking or as soon as I was reading your uh, chart is that you've got Mars um, in Aries, which is your fourth house, right? And so Mars in Aries in your fourth house, that fourth house is like literally what we have as our home, um, friends, family, that sort of vibe, like what we create as our kind of like security, you know, Um, that's what that space is. You've got Mars there So that says to me that it has been rocky You know, the fourth house with Mars in there Has been very, very like fiery A lot of like conflict has taken place there So that can be very, very hard on you Especially growing up It can feel very, very hard And then the IC is there as well So it's like your lineage is there Um in that fourth house of Aries, which makes you think that, um, and the IC is the Imam Coeli, which is, yeah, it's kind of like the nighttime part of your chart, right? The thing that's kind of just there. And so, and it speaks to lineage. And so it speaks to you needing to ground the, the, the fiery nature of your lineage, like of carrying all of that fiery, fiery trauma, all of all of that conflict, you know, when, you know, when fire, you want to put a fire out and we don't necessarily want to put the fire out per se, but I guess in this case, thinking about all of the harm that it's caused you. Yeah, we kind of do in that sense. Um, but these planets will always be active in their own way. It's just about how you go about working with them. And obviously as the, um, planets move through the sky, um, as your chart progresses, you'll experience your chart, you'll experience your life in different ways. So it will likely calm down, right? So having Mars there, having your Taurus sun, like who you are, your, you know, your sense of self, having that be Taurus, that's an earth sign. It is about you being able to use that to kind of quell everything else that's going on. And at the same time, you're a Sag, you're a Sagittarius rising. So you know how to meet fire with fire. You do, whether, you know, you find it scary or not, you know how to meet fire with fire. You're not a dickhead out here. And that's the reason that you have all of these things, that your aspiration is to be able to be the the truest version of that fire energy whilst using the earthy nature of yourself to ground your, your history and also to be able to ground your present in order that you can have a future that makes you feel more secure. So that's just what I'm getting from here. And um, the obvious thing to point out to you also is where's your Saturn? You're you're about to, if not are, already going through No, you wouldn't be already Your Saturn return Where's Saturn in your chart? Yeah, your Saturn's in Pisces Yeah, so you're about to have your Saturn return Because Saturn is going to move out of Aquarius Where it's been beating my ass um, And um, it's going to move into 
your third house. So Saturn's going to move into Pisces, which is your third house of kind of, um, I guess like there, there's it's, the sixth house has day-to-day bits, but your third house has those sorts of elements as well. It's the things that you want to put, um, put together, like what, what you want to broadcast basically with the third house. Um, Saturn's going to move into there and it's going to be there for about two and a half years, if I'm not mistaken. It's going to be about, about two years it's going to be in there. So yeah, about two years it's going to be there. So once Saturn moves into Pisces, there's, in, which is your third house, you are going to see that you are going to be able to start putting the structures in place. It's going to really transform these ideas or really help you to hone in on these ideas that you have, these dreams that you have. Although it's, when we talk about dreams and wishes, we're looking at the 11th house, but we're going to go to that shortly. So it's going to help you put a structure to your dreams. Like it's that sort of old wise sage that comes to you and they're like, oh, so what do you want to do? And you're like, oh, I want to do all of these things and I want to jump and I want to fly. And I want to fly away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the sage is like, calm it, relax, behave. And they give you um they give you suggestions and they move things away that's not going to be necessarily helpful. And they just help you restructure so it's beneficial for you. So that's what's about to happen for you. And sometimes um Saturn returns can feel rather um tumultuous, but from what you've described, you already kind of know what that feels like. Um, already you've you've kind of already experienced that. So it's not something that's going to like catch you off guard, but things are going to get easier. Also, I noticed that um, I was looking at your 11th house, which is Jupiter. You've got Ju- Jupiter in Scorpio, which is your 11th house. The South Node is currently in um, Scorpio. The North Node is in Taurus in your fifth house. So North Node is about the expansion of things, right? Um, how we highlight things, make things more known. That being your fifth house of expression and also people say children, but all like when they say children, it's more the things that we are bringing, we are birthing, we are bringing into the world, the things that we are creating from an internal space, from a, from almost like a dark place, right? An enclosed space. The North Node is there for you now, which is why you feel this like zest to kind of be like, yes, I'm ready. I want to do my things. I want to, I want to do all of these things. Um, so you've got that happening for you, but the South Node 11th house, um, with Jupiter, your natal Jupiter there in Scorpio, loss is being highlighted to you. Jupiter, the planet of expansion natally is in your 11th house, Scorpio. So the 11th house is about hopes, wishes and community groups of people, like the community around you, the other people, the world at large, but, um, whatever, however you can, um, kind of, delineate them and put them into categories of community. So whether it's your immediate friends, whether it's friends, friends, whether it's all of, all of those things, that's what you are being, that you have to consider. And so Scorpio there in the 11th house can feel rather like mm, there's, there's always tension between you and having this um sense of community. With the South Node there now, it is like you are losing, it'll feel like you're losing friends, like you're losing things, like you're lose, like you don't belong anywhere, but it's nothing that you should necessarily be scared of because you know I so I totally empathize with this idea of um um you know because of a kind of tempestuous um childhood and you know just life there is this 
overwhelming desire to create security, to create security. Like I need to have a nice home. I need to have a home that I can never be kicked out of. I don't want this. I don't want that. Um, because I've always said that, you know, like the way that I've grown up, right. I've, it's made me particular about certain things financially. Like I don't tend to, I don't take out credit. I don't do any of that. Like if I ain't got it, I ain't got it. You know, it is what it is. I, I've all, I've said to friends, like, even when it comes to like buying somewhere, I don't want a mortgage. Even when people, financial advisors and people are like, well, actually you should get a mortgage because you never want to be the one that's paying for things. You need to have other people pay for things. No, 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 no. I don't want that. I want to own all of my things because there's this idea that I don't want the things that make me feel safe to be taken from me. But actually that, that is a deeper thing that I would need to explore over time because nothing outside of me should be something that I feel that can give me a lifetime of a certainty and security. Um, my fourth house is cancer. And, um, I was saying that how Yakari Gabrielle was saying to me like, yeah, just like the crab, your safety is within you like you you are your own home wherever you are that is your home not just the building and the you know the buildings and the bricks and mortar that surround you whatever you are your home and and I just think that that made me think deeply about certain things like how much effort am I putting into getting this home this house that I want and how much effort am I putting into myself as this home that I reside in for the entirety of my um human experience like you know I had to start re really digging deep and and thinking about those things as well um so I've just pulled some cards for you here just seeing what's come out yeah, so you've got the chariot card here, which is interesting that things are picking up for you. They really are. Things are picking up for you and will continue to do so throughout July. Um, we've got the emperor upside down and we've got the daughter of swords and then we've got the nine of, no, so we've got the goddess of pentacles. Don't know why I always try and read that as the nine. The path for you to go forward requires you to leave behind um, notions of your father I think it's what's coming up here The emperor in reverse Um, Something about your father I don't know Because you usually if I see like Jupiter in the 12th house I might think like the father maybe wasn't necessarily around But um, This Jupiter I'm sorry your Jupiter is in Scorpio In the 11th um, but yeah, I'm just looking at the father and just thinking, um, and looking at the chariot and it's you wanting to go forward. And there's this emperor, even if it's not your, like your biological father, as it were, some kind of authority figure that tries to stand between you and your fresh ideas, daughter of swords. They really try to stand between you and your dreams and they make you feel like there's no value to what you want. The goddess of pentacles in reverse, there's no value to what you want. And so that's why you're doubting yourself, but you can move. You're in the chariot. You can literally move them out of the way. It's that energy of the Dora Milaje when they were like move or be moved. Like, I know I understand our uh, like our specific cultures and the ways that we grow up and um you know sh- showing respect to elders and things like that but you need to take your life more seriously you need to take your life more seriously like none of us I keep saying none of us know how long we have here 
Why are you going to let other humans who are already living their own life, however they wanted to have lived it, to come and now tell you how to live yours? Fam, you have your one life. Live your one life and keep your fucking mouth out of what I want to do with my current one life. Do you get me? Like, I'm still talking about one life as in this experience, right? They're already living theirs. How greedy is it to now want to live my life on top of your own? No. No. And so they don't understand the direction you're going in. You have to go, go forward, do the things that you want to do. And I keep strongly being told for you, TikTok, TikTok, you're a cutie. So you can model, you know, you, you can, you can model, you, you can, um, you, you can model, you can act, get on TikTok, let your ideas start flowing there. Use TikTok as a sort of like, um, like a, you know, throw some shit out there and see what sticks kind of vibe. Like, don't be too precious about what it is that you're making. Just make, even if it starts off as just like mini outfit of the day situations or, you know, this or that, or like you do a little sketch about something or you just say what's on your mind and and it's funny or whatever. You get on TikTok immediately if you're not on there already and just start making your thing. Start trying out what it is because these days, a lot of casting directors and then people there, they are noticing numbers. I, I did an, um, a self-tape the other week and they said, oh, whoever gets this role um, uh, for a commercial, actually, whoever gets this role or who um, has to have a large following already. And I thought, you lot are cheeky. You lot are very cheeky. Um, and, you know, so that's how I was able to, um, you know, self-tape for it. But um you know, so they're watching things like this now and through doing what you're doing, using the social media platforms that are still active and useful, using those um, um, channels to get your um, face out there, to get yourself out there means that you're then invited into certain spaces where you can meet people that are of influence, right? And who have um, connections or who are working on projects that you could probably slide in on. Like, that's why these things are important, but you're being told strongly, get on TikTok and start trying things out, start playing around with things and seeing what works for you, seeing what you like, seeing what you don't like, if you're not doing it already, but be, start doing that um, while you are easing yourself into all of the other bits. But there's literally no time like the present. You start doing all of that. You'll find that it allows you for more space where you don't have to tie yourself down necessarily to um, a role that you don't like a job role that you don't want to be in. Um, try and get your headshots done. See if any friends who do photography can just, um, you know, take some pictures of you, you pay them for with a meal or something, you know, like just, a, you know, skill swap or something, you know, you help them with something, they help you with something, get your headshots and, you know, just have them, ha- have them at the ready. You can go on mandy.com in the meantime to get yourself started on there and see what castings are going. Cause you'll be surprised the things that you can put yourself up for without an agent, just like start doing all of these things. But I'm very, very strongly getting for you to get on a platform like TikTok, not YouTube, not none of that. Get on TikTok and start making your things because your cuteness and, um, your humor, all of that will get you far. But this person, this father figure type person that's in the way, they're literally in the way between of you and your dreams. And they're making you feel like what you want doesn't have much worth. It has all of the worth. That's why the goddess of pentacles came out. Like you're going to be extremely successful at this thing, at these things rather, because it's not one thing that you're going to end up doing. It's a number of things that are all about the essence of you. You are the essence in all of those things that might seem like 
you know, different You are what holds it together So you've got to go with it What's at the bottom of the deck, Spirit That you wanted me to see The star card Beautiful You are going to be a star Baby girl, you're going to You're already a star I'm saying you're going to be You are a star And it's going to just shine And shine and shine Right? And also it's saying apart, you know, just apart from the star being about you literally becoming that star, it is also talking about like um, healing. You're going to find healing in you going to, in in you like going towards the things that are calling to you and you allowing yourself to be a channel and a vessel for the creative messages that are coming through you for the inspiration that you have, like you're going to do so well for yourself, but, and for others by following what is calling to you. So keep that in mind. All right. And I hope that resonates with you. Okay. That's that for the tarot. Let me big up this week's show sponsors who are ExpressVPN. Big up ExpressVPN for sponsoring this week's episode. Um, well, I don't know what you're doing currently. I've told you time and time again that you should be using ExpressVPN alongside all of the other apps that you use, um, especially the ones that you're using to watch your bits. Like if you're watching something on Netflix, have your ExpressVPN um, at, you know, at the ready because you might want to watch a show that is um, available in other countries on Netflix, but it's not available in your country. So for instance, I know that in the UK, like if you're just on our Netflix, I believe you can't see like, um, Naruto, um, what is it? Death Note series. Um, there's so like quite a few, quite a few that you can't actually watch quite a few, um, shows, programs that, are available on Netflix that you can't see if you've just got your UK setting on. So what um, ExpressVPN allows you to do is you click on the app, open it, and then you can select which country you want to be quote unquote from, or you want like the servers for these um, apps and these sites to think that you're from so they can give you access to things or to shows that you wouldn't ordinarily see if their servers or um, are reading you as, um, you know, coming from the UK. Um, and it's super quick. You just scroll down, choose the country and boom, it connects. And then you can go back onto the app and choose whatever you want to choose. So it's, you know, super, super useful in that way. Um, yeah. And it's compatible with all of your, uh, devices, your phone, laptop, media console, smart TVs, and more. Um, it's got really, really fast speed, so it's not going to make anything lag. So you can literally stream in HD and you have zero buffering. Um, the servers uh, cover 94 different countries, so you can gain access to like thousands of new shows, especially those of you who I know have pretty much watched everything that there is to watch on um, the British Netflix that we've got available. Um, it works with so many other streaming devices, um, sorry, streaming services like BBC iPlayer, YouTube and so many more. So be smart, stop paying full price for streaming services and only getting access to a fraction of their content. Get your money's worth at expressvpn.com slash straws. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash straws. Um, use the code and you can get an extra three months free on expressvpn.com slash straws. So go and get your life and I will now get to share your magnificence. So you might actually notice nothing different about the way that I'm, uh, that I sound, but I'm currently lying down. Um, I wanted to do the tarot sitting up 
you know, because I wanted, you know, the channels to be clear and everything so I could bring the message through. Um, but now I'm lying down because I am so tired. Um, but no, I just feel like it feels more comfortable and the way that my microphone can be positioned means that I can lie down and still record the podcast and do what I need to do. Now I just need to use my diaphragm and project, project Kalechi. Think about the end of the room and project. Sorry, that's such a terrible accent. I need to stop. Anyway, now for share your magnificence. So My first Share Your Magnificence goes out to the Latin American cleaners who won an inflation-busting pay rise. Latin American cleaners from Ecuador and Bolivia who work at Riverside Quarter, a large luxury residence in Wandsworth, London, have won a 16% pay rise, bringing them up to £11.05 an hour from their previous rate of £9.50 an hour. Jesus, that's horrendous. The national minimum wage. This pay rise comes after the cleaners who are United Voices of the World, UVW members, uh, voted to take strike action with 100% of the UVW cleaners uh, balloted voting to strike. The cleaners have also won six weeks half pay sick, uh, sorry, um, have also won six weeks half pay sick pay, a significant improvement on the statutory sick pay they were getting, which stands at £99.35 per week. These wins come after the cleaners won statutory union recognition through the Central Arbitration Committee earlier in June. In the midst of a cost of living crisis in one of the most expensive cities in the world, the timing of this could not be better. Ernesto Suarez Velarde, um, a cleaner at Riverside Quarter and UVW member, says it is truly proven that when a group is united and all are in the same mindset, victory will be achieved in the end. This is the case with us. We never gave up on um, we never gave up, even though we had our concerns of being victimized for being trade unionists at the beginning. Ernesto is encouraging other workers to fight for higher wages, saying thanks to our union, UVW, they never abandoned us, but rather gave us strength with their words to continue in this struggle. To all the comrades of all the comrades who comrades who are um, who are fighting at this moment for a better salary, um, don't lose heart. Be united. Victory will come in the end. You just have to be determined. Um that's nice. Another cleaner said, I am very happy for the victory that we have achieved after so much struggle. Many thanks to our representatives at UVW for their support and for giving us encouragement and confidence in this struggle, which at the beginning seemed impossible. But when one remains united, everything is possible. He's calling on other workers not to lose hope saying that the um that everybody's fighting to stay united and don't lose hope in the end you will come out with the victory the dispute was won through the determination of the riverside cleaners standing together to take strike action if necessary to win a better deal um says chris hudson a union representative for uvw the disparity was stark despite being key workers and working at a luxury re- residential complex with two bedroom flats going for close to 800,000 pounds they were only being afforded minimum wage and statutory sick pay even though they worked throughout the pandemic 
Chris adds their victory will put an extra £3,000 a year into the cleaners' pockets, constituting an inflation-busting pay rise of over 16%, and also means they will receive a further pay rise come 1st of January 2023, having also won trade union recognition earlier this month via the Central Arbitration Committee. We will now finalise the details of a collective bargaining agreement which will oblige their employer to regularly come to the table to negotiate with the workers on their terms and conditions. This is another example of my Migrant workers leading the way in wage hikes. And that's the thing. And I really want to take a moment for that because some of you raggedy, raggedy, raggedy bitches that um, consider yourselves natives of this land, of this C U N T R Y country. You'll be talking about, oh, I don't want foreigners to come over here. I don't want foreigners to come over here. They're taking our jobs. They're taking money from us. They're taking this. They're taking that. What have you done, Sue? Sue, stand up. Stand up, Sue. What what have you done? Gary, what have you done? Alfred, get the fuck up. What have you done? You're, caught, you're complaining about these people coming, taking your jobs, taking this, taking that. But it's because they come up and they stand for the things that are right that suddenly you're going to see that your money goes up and you won't even know, you won't even know how or why. You'll think it's because you keep bringing in rich tea biscuits. I haven't had rich tea biscuits in a while. Let me not lie. Anyway, you'll think it's because you brought rich tea biscuits into the office and that's why that's helped you with your pay rise, not realizing that it's the people that you didn't even want in this country in the first place, that because of the moves that they're making and you're doing niche, you're getting the benefits of what they're doing. We see it happen all the time and it's quite frankly disgusting. It's disgusting. So I want you to take a moment, take a moment. The next time that you want to drag them for coming to this country that I feel like they have every right to come, come to if they want to. And they're changing things for the better. Because when have you gone on strike? Because when they tell you to go on strike now, you'd be like, no, I just think it's inconvenient. And I just think that, I just think that people are doing the best that they can. Yeah, they're doing the best that they can to put money in their own pockets. And when you are, while you're sitting there eating cheese strings, look at your life every day. I'll put the kettle on. Stop putting the kettle on and get the fuck up and go and tell, go and tell that Boris motherfucker to get the fuck out. Sorry, that went off on a tangent, but I just felt like I needed to get that out. The moment I was, uh, that I the moment I rested my back on this sofa, because I've got a sofa in my office, my back touched this sofa and I feel like there is an opening, an opening a portal that just allows the truth to flow through my body, flow through my body. And it also means I can sit with my hips open and thus activating my sacral region. Wow. I should use this position more. I should just use this position at the live show. Just get on stage and just lie down flat on the floor or lie down or get them to bring a sofa on stage. And I'm just going to record lying flat on my back. Pause. Um, <laughs> like Kim Kardashian. No, sorry. Sorry. Anyway, my next share your magnificence. So anyway, big up you lot, big up all of you lot um, that did that, that made that happen. You Latin American uh, cleaners that unionized and made that great, great thing happen. Two slaps on your chest. You know, I think it's wonderful. I still feel like you deserve more money though, because I <laughs> NGL, not going to lie, 11 pounds, something, something is still not great. And we need to do better by the people who keep everything running and ticking over. Um, my next share of magnificence goes out to Tiara. Is it Tiara Mac? 
Tiara, Tiara Mack. Um, she is a senator. Let me just pause this. She's a senator who had a video on TikTok that went viral because she was twerking on her head top at the beach. And she has got skills and she has got moves and she's a QE with legs and hips and body, body. <laughs> doom, do, do, do. Doom, do, do, do. Um, yeah, I rate that so much. Like Tiara, Tiara Mac is so much of what I believe that the world needs more of. It's like people don't understand that you can care about what's happening in society. You can care about so many things. You can care about social justice. You can care about all of these things, right? And still want to pop your pussy on a handstand. I don't understand why that you you have to choose between those things, like as if that they're, you know, that they're contradictory. Like, I, and I and I often think that that's what surprises and intimidates a lot of people regarding me because it's just like, well, what do you mean that she can just do what she wants and she'll make a video today talking about this and then she's then swinging on a pole in heels? Exactly. Because there are so many facets to my being. Why should I be limited due to your um, understanding or your very narrow understanding of life? Like, free me, free me up. And so I saw this story and I saw her twerking on her head top like she's on, she's doing a headstand and she's shaking her bum. And I just loved it. I just fell in love with it. I said, you are my people. You are my people. She writes here, I'm a Rhode Island state senator and I was elected in 2020 for a two-year term. I am a formerly low-income queer black woman and I stand for justice and liberation, particularly highlighting the experience Um, the experiences of black and brown people in the US. Our session ended at the end of June, a few weeks ago. um, Sorry, our session ended at the end of June, a few weeks ago. So I took some time off and just recently launched my campaign for re-election. July 4th in the US is a paid day off for many working people and many people like myself take that time to have barbecues or go to the beach. This year, I went to Block Island, Rhode Island with a small group of friends. Around a week ago, I started my official Senator TikTok page. It's a fun, lighthearted, lighthearted account, similar to my other accounts. I post funny tweets and silly Instagram posts as well. I'm consistent with my behavior across all platforms, and that includes the TikTok video I posted on the beach that day. The alt-right and some of the GOP in Rhode Island and the US at large have attacked me on social media for promoting comprehensive, queer, inclusive, and age-appropriate sex education. Even before the TikTok video I posted, some on the right have tried to paint me as a groomer for the work I've done fighting to protect young people from sexual assault and abuse by advocating for a comprehensive sex education curriculum. In reality, this year I introduced a bill that establishes a sexual assault survivor's bill of rights. Tucker Carlson, that pussy clap, is a joke to many in my community. I don't watch his content, rightly so. I don't understand how anyone watches it. Um, So I didn't see the comments he made about me, but I see a lot of memes about him. I don't know anyone who seriously watches him in my peer group. Um, As a queer black woman, I'm used to this treatment. It doesn't mean make it okay, but I realize there are separate rules in society for me. I choose not to follow them and that, and for many, that is liberating and for others, it rubs them um, the wrong way. I lead with empathy, love, compassion and joy in all that I do. Why do I feel like Tiara Mack is me? Like, I feel like I could have written this. I I just love her. In Rhode Island, 
state Senate positions are part time. So we receive a um, stipend of um, roughly $16,000 before taxes and um, sessions are two to three days a week after 3 p.m. and going to the early evening. Many state senators are retired or have part-time jobs or own their own businesses. So I'm a part-time state senator. I'm not owned by the state. Many people are used to politicians that perform leadership, but fundamentally do nothing to change their communities for the better. I lead as I live with joy, heart, silliness, and a youthful edge. Yes, girl. Meet me at the altar if you want to wear a dress. We ain't getting no younger I, I, I don't even agree with that About we ain't getting no younger girl We might as well do this That's not waiting Yeah Been feeling you for a while girl I must confess Let's get married I'm relatable to some And too new for others I work my butt off for the people of my state, despite the many barriers to doing so. No one has paid attention to the positives of my work because the media rarely highlights it. Oh, girl, you are speaking my life. I also play rugby and won a national title and MVP for my team this May. Oh, my God. I'm a well-rounded individual and still take the time to focus on other things in life that bring me joy, like friends, rugby, crochet and TV, on top of my full-time job in the workplace and then my state senate job. Um, Sierra Mack is a Democrat, state senator for Rhode Island District 6. She's also a donut lover and a rugby player. You can follow her on Twitter at... Um, at Mac District 6. That's M-A-C-K District 6. Um, I was sad to see the people that were coming at her for this twerk video. More sad to see that I saw another black girl who I rate rather highly, another black American girl that I rate rather highly in that kind of like social justice space who quote tweeted her and she was like, how do you expect people to take you seriously when you're twerking? And I was like, fam, you of all people should understand that that's a wild take to have. Like, why can't you take me seriously? Cause I'm twerking. First of all, it's my day off. I'm not in the Senate, like twerking. I'm at the beach in my bikini, minding my business. Like, why can I not be a whole person? Why do I have to perform? Like she said, why do you have to perform leadership? Like, why can't she just be who she is and her causes be what you focus on because she's doing the work and her being able to shake her bum bum upside down actually is what's helping her and it's informing her work because we've spoken about the uses of the erotic. Was that Audrey Lorde? about the uses of the erotic and how the erotic has been um, skewed uh, by white supremacists like patriarchy um, through this lens of pornography. Like it, like all humanity, all of the things that make eroticism what it is has been taken out, the autonomy, all of these things have been removed just so people can just see certain things as um, just in just a certain lens but you add the eroticism back into things and you see that actually it's a life energy all of us work whether we realize it or not from a sexual space that's not to say you're having sex all the time but the driving force for all the things that we do actually comes from that same that same kind of like core energy and because this 
this society understands the true power of that They try to strip it of what makes it powerful And just give you the bare bones of the thing And so there's nothing really to work with So sex is If you doubted that we all work from a sexual place Look at a lot of the adverts that are around you right now In one way or another A lot of these adverts are selling sex They're selling sex because they've taken sex Away from eroticism um, And so you can have a perceived sense of power When the true power is actually being kept from you Which remains always in the erotic So I now think about this situation where uh, Tiara is a rugby player She's getting all this energy to do rugby To do crochet To live joyfully um, You know, peacefully And stand up for the things that she belie- believes in Especially helping young people To advocate for themselves sexually She's doing all of these things Because that she because she allows that, that erotic energy To move through her And it's so offensive to people When they see people joyfully Enjoying their erotic energy Because they can only read it In a very weirdly um, Singularly um, I guess for want of a better term Pornographic way Right Um, And this brings it back to the person This brings it back to the core of the person It brings it back to their innate power And they don't like that And especially a black woman doing that a black woman enjoying her body and being joyful and being silly Of course, no, they don't want that Because everything, the only thing that we must know is struggle, 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 struggle I don't want to struggle again I can't struggle again, I refuse I refuse, I can't come and die, I can't come and suffer It's alright So two slaps on your chest, Tiara Mac um, Sorry if I've like butchered your name, if it's Tiara or Tiara I should have really checked it. But if I had researchers No, I don't want researchers well, Maybe I do, maybe somewhere down the line Um Big up yourself I feel like I'm shouting this episode You might have to turn your volume down Turn your lights down low Energy bills are rising again Oh no You voted Boris Johnson in Now he refuses to leave number 10 Saying ooh Nadine, I fucked you long, long time I'm gonna put you in the house of lords Nah, what? Nah, 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 nah Put me Get my Grammy immediately That literally just came off the top of my head Get my Grammy immediately The first part I already used as an opening um, collection mix For one of the other episodes But that last bit Genius Genius Where's my star on Walk of Fame? I heard that they actually paid for that But and but that's by the by um, my Grammy immediately All of my music accolades immediately That was perfection Well done, Collecture Um, let me see That So that's that for Show Your Magnificence Basically Um, oh no, I was going to also say Big up to California Um, I could be wrong Because I know the, the you Americans are very quick To write into me If you're like, nope But that's not what happened but big up California because it looks like they will be making their own, they're going to be manufacturing their own insulin uh, as a state. They'll be manufacturing their own insulin, which will make it cheaper and more accessible than, uh, you know, what's currently available across the country, uh, which is super, super expensive for people. I remember I was saying to you before that some of the, because of a lot of the fuckery that's happening around the world, but specifically in America at the moment, Um, And we talked about the Pluto return and the misuse of power You'll find that there will be this devolution Where America won't be singularly recognised as America anymore Because
because a lot of the states, even though that's kind of the way that you think that it works now, like a lot of the states having autonomy for what they do in their own areas or whatever, it's going to become even more pronounced where states um, and even smaller than that, like communities of people will just be like, yeah, when we're literally establishing our own laws and we're going to do what we want to do, we're not answering to no motherfucking body because you lot don't know us. We're going to do what we think is best for us because we're not standing for the bullshit anymore. And I know that there's some guy, Mark Cuban, not the one that you lot drag online. Um, there's another one and he was saying that how he's I think he created a pharmaceuticals website where you can get your um you know medicine and stuff like very very cheap um and so I like that I I don't know too much about him because you know you know white people be crazy (laughs) um but I like that he's taking on big pharma in a way that means that they he can essentially close the disparity for um people who aren't as rich to have access to things that they require in terms of healthcare. So I think we'll see more things like that. People will be like, well, I'm going to open my own hospital and find a way, you know, using the money that I've made from my career thus far, I'm going to open a hospital and, you know, be able to help people who are on low incomes. I just want to do things differently. I think that that is the only way that certain celebrities are going to be able to survive. The celebrities that will be able to last, my mind, it flashed 2030. Celebrities that are going to be able to last beyond 2030, you they would have had to make a significant contribution to our society. Not just this whole, I'm going to go and po- a post with um, them rapists at um, UNICEF or Oxfam or wherever the fuck. No, they are going to move away from those kind of like brandy, brandy, philanthropic kind of projects and focus on what they can do as individuals. In the same way that I'm building the children's home, right? That's off my back with the support of like the money that um, a lot of you have donated. I'm doing that. And that's my, you know, my project with my mum. That's me trying to um, change and and secure the community around me I feel like more people are going to be doing that and establishing their own things obviously there has to be people who are regulating in some regard and making sure that everything is safe and done well but I think we are going to see more of that and that is truly how celebrity as it were will be judged like what have you done to make us as a collective safer because if it's not much then you can get the fuck get the fuck out so it's just something uh, random that came to my head that for a chair. Um, so that's that for Share Your Magnificent. So we'll move to So You Mad. <sighs> okay. Repositioning my microphone. Um, so first up on So You Mad, um, it's an update on um, Grandpa Yeah Baby. Grandpa Yeah Baby. Um yeah, the DJ Kitty Fiddler. Um, sorry, sorry, I think my mic went funny there. Anyway, I'm reading here that there is an update on um Tim Westwood. It says here, would you know it? Surprise, surprise. BBC reveals complaints against DJs. The BBC has revealed that a complaint against former Radio 1 DJ Tim Westwood had previously been referred to the police. The complaint is one of six the corporation now says it received about alleged bullying or sexual misconduct by Westwood. Director General Tim Davey said in April 
No evidence of complaints had been found after BBC News and The Guardian revealed accounts of predatory sexual behavior by the DJ. Westwood denies the allegations. (gasps) Shock horror. In relation to the police referral, a BBC spokesman said in the statement, this is a historic case that the BBC has found in its files. Oh, how you found the real McCoy as well, that you swore was burnt in a fire. Uh, We are establishing the facts around it. It did not relate to conduct at the BBC, BBC premises or conduct towards a BBC staff member, nor was it an accusation of physical assault. Hmm. The BBC declined to say whether the other five complaints had been received before or after Mr. Davies' statement in April. The spokesman added that the DJ had been spoken to following one of the other complaints, and the corporation said it was not aware of what further action was taken about the complaints at the time. The complaints were revealed after BBC News challenged the corporation's response to a freedom of information request made in November 2021. Interesting that, isn't it? Interesting that the BBC likes to do that because they said, remember when they said that under, um, no, that Emma Barnett, I'm going to say her name, Emma Barnett categorically did not swear when I heard her when we were waiting to do that woman's hour episode that I ended up stepping down from doing. They said that she categorically did not swear while a whole me and other people that were on the call heard her swear when she was talking about me. Right? They tweeted with all of their chest that there was categorically no swearing. They lied on me. They lied on me in public. And I said that day out loud to my ancestors, I said, anybody, any more fucking body at any more fucking time that was involved in suppressing this information that made me out to be a liar. I want you to flog them for the rest of their life. However long they decide that they're going to hang in there on this earth, deal with them until they do right by my name, because you lied. And I did a freedom of information request. And I said, if, if you have the recording, because you say that you have the recording, BBC, if you have the recording, release the ting. We do have the recording. Okay, release it. No, because actually it was, uh, as Emma is a journalist, um, it also forms part of like her journalistic research. And so even though she's not using it right now, we can't release it to you in case she decides that she might use it in the future. But that journalistic, inform- um, re- uh, what is it, research is about me. Am I not involved in it? So if I'm involved in it, I have a right to have access to the thing. But I guess because a lawyer wasn't writing on my behalf and I was the one requesting it personally, they even though, Lawyers were helping me to draft what I needed to say to them because I was the one sending it. They were telling me that I couldn't get access to the thing. I was like, all right, cool. You won't give me access to these, um, this recording that you have of Emma. And I said, there's that, that, um, recording covers the, this timestamp. Yeah. Yes, it does. All right. So if it covers this timestamp and you can't give me the recording, I would like you to confirm whether the following words were said, fuck fucking Kelechi for fucking shit. Confirm. We cannot confirm or deny whether these words were spoken in that clip. So you can't confirm or deny whether those words were spoken in that clip, but you tweeted and you wrote to numerous people who spoke up in my um, in my defense and you told them there was categorically no swearing. So I will say today, 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 come and try me for libel or defamation if you want to. The BBC are liars who they are liars 
Big and bad liars That's what it stands for Big and bad Let me not even use the C that came into my head Right now Because you're big and bad crooks Is what I'll go for But And, and that's me one As my adult self Sticking up for my adult self These young people that Tim Westwood had access to, you are telling me that you did not know all of these years that we've been saying that this guy is is a this, he's a that. All these years that we've been saying it, you're saying that you you somehow miraculously did not see any evidence. You didn't see any complaints. But now that people who were about it, about it, went to go and dig through things, they found the bits, didn't they? And you're lying about, oh, none of these things ever took place on the premises or whatever, because I know for a fact I know for a fact that at least one person came into that building with him when he was recording his shows and they would be there and they were not of the age to be with him at the time. So whether they signed into the building or whatever, they would come with him to the show. So I know that. I know that for a fact. And them things there, they're going to come out soon and you're going to be dealt with. Let me carry on, Sha. Let me carry on. The request was part of a joint investigation with The Guardian, which featured the accounts of seven black women who alleged alleged unexpected and um, unwanted sexual touching and sexual misconduct between 1992 and 2017. So the only thing that really, really held this guy back was the panda bear. I know that the panda bear really kicked off um, end of 2019 to 2020, but you know, he's old. So I think that he, he smelled it in the air beforehand. Um, they were featured in a BBC three documentary, Tim Westwood, abuse of power. Some worked in the music industry and feared repercussions with the DJ having a prominent role in the industry, long criticized for its treatment of darker skinned black women. Allegations about Westwood's behavior towards young black women had circulated on social media for some time. Westwood, 64, 64 years old. Agwayoshi. Weary Oloshi was a presenter out on BBC Radio One and Radio One Extra between 1994 and 2013, where he hosted the UK's first nationally broadcast hip hop show. Imagine that, a white man. In a response at the time to the documentary, a spokesperson for the DJ said he denied the allegations in their entirety. They said, our client confirms that there has never been any complaint made against him, whether officially or unofficially relating to claims of inappropriate behavior of the nature described. No complaint has ever been made to the police and nobody has ever raised these matters or any colorably similar with him directly or with his representatives. Well, your lawyers are in for a good time, baby. They're in for a good time. They're going to chop your money well because you either lie to them or they are lying to us. And either way, somebody's getting fucked. Fired. Somebody's going to jail There has been no investigation in relation to him of any nature whatsoever Whether by the police, his employer or indeed any other authority I'm an authority and I've been investigating him BBC News has made several attempts to contact him for comments about the complaints But he has yet to respond How will he respond? How will he respond? What will he say? Instead of him to be taking his tablets to help his bones The BBC said the six complaints covered the years Westwood worked for the corporation and some related to conduct outside of the the broadcaster. In its response to the BBC News Challenge, the corporation said, we are aware that one of these complaints was referred to police and Westwood was spoken to in relation to another complaint. Again, so your your lawyers are lying because if it says here that it was referred to the police and you were spoken to in relation to another complaint, you were well aware 
So is your are your lawyers lying or are you lying? Because somebody's lying. Why the fuck you lying? Lying, lying. We are not aware what further action was taken at this stage. As a result of this, we are looking into what action was taken at the time. I mean, you're saying you're looking into what action was taken at the time and you have a statue carved by a pedophile right outside your your building. So I think, (laughs) Omar, you have bigger fish to fry. Following the joint BBC News and Guardian investigation in April, Mr. Davey had said, we looked at our records and we've seen no evidence of complaints against the DJ. If something like this were raised or anything comes up, we investigate it fully. And I would hope we were doing that in the time as well where you weren't. Mr. Davey said, referring to Westwood's time at the BBC, I would simply say if people have evidence where things weren't followed up or they have concerns in this area, bring it to us. We want to investigate it. You don't. You don't. You're not going to investigate it. You're going to gaslight them and you're going to make it difficult for them to get any information because you don't want anything that's wrong to be righted. The BBC said Mr. Davey had set out the position as he understood it at the time. Mr. Davey was director of audio and music at the corporation, ultimately overseeing BBC Radio One between 2008 and 2012. Oh my God, that is spicy. That is spicy, Mr. Davey. So you were actually in the thick of it around that time. This one that you're doing once removed or seven times removed now that you're the director general at that time, at that point, let's do the time warp again. Let's time warp. You were fully in at the ting at the time that the ting was popping. And now you're doing that. Now now you're doing amnesia. (laughs) You will crumble, dear. After the Freedom of Information request was submitted in November 2021, the corporation initially responded to say it could neither confirm... Oh, my God. Whew. After the Freedom of Information request was submitted in November 2021, the corporation initially responded to say it could neither confirm nor deny whether the BBC holds the requested information. Is that not what they said to me? Is that not... When the story was published It said in a statement that it was shocked to hear of these allegations But did not hold information that is helpful for the investigation (laughs) Lies everywhere In its latest statement, the BBC said As we have said, if people have things that they want to raise with the BBC Then they should do so People have now done so and we will continue to investigate But why the attitude? Because that seems very feisty And this is why people should stop paying TV licence Because you're you're paying TV licence for these lot to get rude to you About the harms done to you What? We also said that we would dig into what happened in the past. We are doing what we are doing that with great care, lol. All of that work hasn't concluded and is ongoing. We said we will take this seriously and we are sure. The latest disclosures by the broadcaster came after BBC News appealed to the Information Commissioner's Office, which regulates Freedom of Information Act requests in the UK. Well, they were useless for me, actually. The ICO were completely useless because when I told them what the BBC were doing in not releasing my information, they were like, oh, well, sorry, girl, sucks to be you. Um, They've said to us pretty much the same thing they said to you. That is, you know, SARS. And I just think that that's bullshit, but it's because I came as a singular person. But everybody that's, and I wrote that, even in the email that I sent back, whoever opened that email that day, I've cursed you and your lineage as you, as you already know. I said to you, because you're now complicit in the suppression and, and the refusal to give me this information, and thus you're not allowing me to get justice for myself, 
Due to the way that I was mistreated by Women's Hour and thus the BBC, your life, it will not be well with any of you. It will not be well with you. It will not be well with you. And the person that read that with their Korokoro eyes, the cost don't enter. It don't enter your body. It don't enter the central nervous system. It, don't, it, it has entered fully. The BBC said it had volunteered the information about the six complaints outside of the scope of the Freedom of Information Act. Yeah, because your lawyers told you that you were done out here. And that's why you did that. Ooh, that was a juicy one. Um, come and find me if you dare. Anyway, um, the next story that I thought was really interesting because it had its own element of bus boss. It says here, dozens in rally searching for women at center of decades old arrest warrant in Emmett Till's murder. Dozens of people gathered in rally on Wednesday to demand a de- decades old arrest warrant to, uh, arrest warrant be served on Carolyn Bryant Dunham. You would have remembered that I mentioned her on the show before. She's the pussy Clark Jankro who lied on Emmett Till and said that he whistled at her. 14 year old Emmett Till. She said he whistled at her and her husband and his, um, what is it? Cousin and friends or whatever. Um, and her brother basically went and lynched um, Emmett shot they shot him um cut him to pieces or like they did horrendous things to him off this uh claim that she made and then somebody was writing a book um a little while ago and they interviewed her and she was like yeah basically I lied yeah not even a soz just yeah I lied about that I did and I'm like I don't care how old you are as long as you're still alive I don't give a fuck about what I've said about prison reform and all of these things and um, um, abolishing prisons while prisons are here I want you to spend your final days in that space if they're using it as punitive measures for black people brown people all of them people I want you I want you there I want you in that jail I want the last breath that you take to, to, to be in that place that's what you need it says here anyway the demonstrators marched inside a senior living facility which prompted rally police to respond to the scene in 1955 not long ago was was tim westwood alive in 1955 um donham accused 14 year old emmett till of whistling at her at wait how old is she let me just go back to here she's 67 no, sorry, 67, that's 67 years later. So this was just before, was this just, no, this was just before um, Tim Westwood was born, is it? Anyway, in 1955, Dunham accused 14-year-old Emmett Till of whistling at her at a store in Money, Mississippi. Days later, Till was kidnapped from his bed, tortured and shot. The fan from a cotton gin was tied around his neck with a barbed wire before he was tossed into the Tallahatchie River. Donham's husband at the time, Roy Bryant, and his half-brother, J.W. Millam, were arrested and later acquitted in the case. But they did it. 67 years later, an arrest warrant for Donham was recently found in the basement of the LaFleur County Courthouse in Greenwood, Mississippi. Till's family was has pushed for the warrant to be served. You cannot ignore this. That is the reason why the warrant needs to be served and it will help create change, said Till's cousin Priscilla Sterling. If this is what's needed to to do for us to change our mindset, our behaviors and attitudes in the society, then this will do it. This will do it. Execute the warrant. I hate that even with Emmett Till, they keep using um, pictures and having him as black and white because they want you to think that it was so long ago. It wasn't long ago at all. That this little bitch did what she did And she's still alive She's still alive Hmm 
Imagine knowing that this person is alive. They lied on your 14 year old son. They lied. I'm so emotional thinking about it. Like they lied on your son and they're alive. And people are just like, oh, well, you know, people make mistakes. Let the bygones be bygones. You need to be bygone. You need to be bygone. On Wednesday, people went to two locations in Raleigh trying to send a message directly to Dunham following reports that she now lives in Raleigh. Demands for arrest and extradition. It's time for you to answer, one demonstrator said, knocking on the door of a rally home. I want her to go turn herself in and I want her to not be able to get no peace until she sees Emmett Till's face, another demonstrator said. Yeah, I want that. Because I, I remember his mum asked for him to, for it to be an open casket so people could see what had been done to her child. Imagine that, the kind of trauma, the kind of th- things that black people have endured in, in this life. And then Carolyn is just carrying on about her business. She doesn't have the heart. She doesn't have the soul to be like, no, you know what? I will go and turn myself in. Even if she did that and the system went, oh, you know, you poor, you, you poor stupid bitch. Oh, it's fine. You go, you go on your way. She hasn't done that once. Her heart has not felt moved enough for her to go and do that. Did she not see the photos? But even if she saw the photos, she didn't care because she's evil. For her to say that he whistled at her, she was working from an evil place anyway. She knew what would happen to him based on what she said and she still said it anyway because she got like, there's a, and there are, there's a whole thing to talk about, right? Especially after I watched the white card play the other day, I had so much that I wanted to say about it. But especially the direct descendants of colonizers, I'm saying direct descendants of colonizers to so listen carefully. There is a particular kind of like lust that gets activated in them when they see black suffering, when they see black pain, when they see black people dying or being killed. So I feel like that turned her on. Knowing that her white dead source husband, no sauce, no seasoning, no unwashed, no washed leg, whatever, she knew. That by saying to him, oh, Emmett whistled at me or this, um, this guy whistled at me, that he would be sent into a rage, which turned her on. And there is some, and I don't think that's gone. I don't think that's gone. I, I still see it play out in various ways, not in all white women, of course not. But there are certain situations that have taken place in the past few years when I'm talking specifically violence against black men and there's a weird way that is talked about amongst white women. And I'm like, I I hope that they're just more than dick to you. I really hope that they're just, you know, like when the George Floyd um, murder happened, well, George Floyd was murder, not the George Floyd murder, but you know, George Floyd was murdered and they were the protests. And I'm intentionally not even saying about Breonna Taylor being, you know, being murdered as far as I'm concerned by the police. But in terms of George Floyd, there were white women walking around with signs that said, I suck black dick, uh, I suck black dick so you will hear me speak. And I get what they think that they were doing because you know, like black women have probably insulted them over the years and been like, from when you suck black dick, you need to be out there doing what needs to be done. But that doesn't mean that you literally write a placard that says, I suck black dick so you'll hear me speak because that black dick is attached to a black person. It's attached to a whole ass person with all of their wealth of experiences and their a whole life. And then you've reduced them to the same genitalia that your forefathers were cutting off. Like, come on, come on, let's use sense. Let's use sense. Okay.
Okay. It says here, I do understand, no, sorry, um, sorry, Till's family and demonstrators said they're hoping authorities from North Carolina and Mississippi work together to have Donham extradited back to Mississippi and arrested. I do understand that Miss Bryant is in her mid to late 80s, but understandably, this is a crime she committed when she was 22. 60 years later, it's time for her to be held accountable. Exactly. At 22, she weren't no young ting. She knew exactly what she was doing. Uh, she said Monty who's, Who asked for his full name Not to be used Okay fair enough Wake County District Attorney Lauren Freeman Has said Prosecuting authorities In Mississippi Must request A fugitive warrant Be issued And Donham be extradited Before Freeman On law uh, All law enforcement officers In North Carolina Can take action Fourth Circuit District Court of Mississippi District Attorney Dwayne Richardson Has not commented on the warrant You bet comment soon uh, first demonstrators went to North Rally apartment, which they believed was the last known address of Dunham. How can you eat? How can you exist knowing that you got the blood of a child on your hands? A demonstrator said. They then went to a second location at a senior living facility looking for her. Time to face your demons. Come on out, a demonstrator said. Shocked residents looked on as some demonstrators marched their way inside the senior living facility. Rally police showed up minutes later. One resident at the facility told the news that the place was put on a brief lockdown. Demonstrators said they found the location on the affidavit of the arrest warrant. I understand you have dementia, but at what point do you say enough is enough? And at what point do you say I have to hold myself accountable regardless of the consequences? Um, Now, see, I don't want to be, I don't want to lack empathy for the fact that she now um, is experiencing dementia. And I feel like, oh, it's frustrating because... Let me not say anything Let me not say anything Because if I speak People will really say I'm speaking And we already know That there are stupid motherfuckers online That love to write a thread about me And anything that they feel like Is incongruent with other things That I've said So let me not say too much But let me just (laughs) Let me let you know Yeah I won't say too much I won't say too much Anyway, so there was that story, Sha But um, Carolyn Somehow, somehow (laughs) Somehow, somehow Your eyes will see your ears And you will be held accountable For what you have done in this life One way or another You'll be held accountable Um, So that was that And I guess Well, I saw the Sri Lankan um, populace Taking to the um, home of the president Is it the president? And taking a um, Swimming in the swimming pool And basically, you know Coming in Helping themselves in And I and I, and I I dig that You know I feel like there is This energy at the moment Where the people Are getting tired Aquarius Saturn is currently Still in Aquarius um, Which is about The groups pe- Groups of people The collective Right Saturn letting us see That come on You lot need to Get yourselves together Because you've been Taken for idiot For too long What are you going To do about it What are you going To do about it And you see Everywhere Everywhere People are You know Getting themselves Riled up I saw another clip where people went to go and like take dog, I'm um, sorry, horse manure was it, and they went to go and pour it um, on in, on government grounds or something. And I said, yeah, disruption, disruption, disruption is the order of the day. It's the order of this life currently. Um, but let's get to the juicy juice. Boris Johnson hasn't really resigned, has he? This week has been an absolutely wild ride because let's go back to front. Yeah. 
Have you ever, ever felt like this? Where strange things happen and you're going round the twist. Is it round the twist or is it round the bend? Sorry, I, I don't know. I don't know anymore. Anyway, I'm going back to front because this was the thing that was going to be released that, and I feel like it was leaked to the press. So everything else that happened first happened. So we're going to start with what happened last to explain what happened first. Here we go. Can I just say something? I, I did suggest you for a role and I was very disappointed when you didn't get that role. I remember it. But it would have been improper for me to have pushed you or done something that favoured you in a in a in a abnormal way. You can't just machine friends into jobs. You can't. Not in City Hall. I suggested you, you, you for the job. I was very keen for Kit to interview. I remember Kit interviewed you. I asked him about it afterwards repeatedly why he hadn't given you the job. And I was very disappointed he hadn't. I remember. And I'm afraid one of the reasons he gave was that he thought you were too friendly with me. No, I'm... Fucking busy. I tried to meet you the other day. Jesus fucking asshole. I tried to meet you. Okay, apart from there's lots of solutions. You can go to Tree Man, say Boris Johnson is a bastard. I would say nothing. Well, well, well. That was what I'm sure the Tory party, the conservatives had access to because, you know, that before the journalists put, put it out, because that came out through the Sunday times, I believe, give credit. Um, so before that came out, all of the people them were made, I call them people, the lizards were made aware that this story was going to drop. And that was a perfect opportunity for them to finally get Boris the fuck out. So the first thing that sparked our interest was the fact that Rishi Sunak and Sajid Javid, they both resigned. They resigned. Um, what is it? Rishi was the, uh, was it chancellor, whatever, whatever. Rishi was, I'm sorry, Rishi was doing what he was doing. Sajid was where he was. Um, and they turned around and they were like, well, yeah, we're up out of this bitch. And then people were like, oh, oh, okay. Something, something is coming. Something is coming And lo and behold Literally ministers that we I If you ask me If you sh- If they walk past me in the street If you If you said that my life depended on me Being able to identify that these people were ministers Jesus I would not have been able to Literally would not have been able to Everybody started popping up Popping up out of nowhere And they were like Oh um, You know We're resigning We're re- You know We're resigning I was just like Uh uh-uh. uh how is what what is going on but it was clear that something was building um because something had happened with Boris and they all wanted to make sure that he's um dealt with and it was like okay well something's going to be um something's going to be revealed and everybody wants to make sure that they are far removed and that's when i knew that well for Rishi and Sajid um Sajid to make their um, resignation known so quickly They're clearly going to be going for the leadership bid Once they get Boris out of here Because you know before They all signed um, to say that they wanted him to go 
But there were a few signatures short um, And so they couldn't get him out that way A vote of um, no confidence or whatever So they couldn't get him out that way Anyway, it says here, this is how it started It says, Rishi Sunak has resigned as Chancellor And Sajid Javid has quit as Health Secretary Throwing Boris's uh, from Boris Johnson's troubled government into further turmoil on a day where more allegations emerged about in the Chris Pincher scandal. Now that's interesting as well because I just think that with that clip that's released of Boris, it's just like how different how different are you from your homeboy that you're trying to support? You really, if you haven't watched already, you should watch Anatomy of a Scandal on on um on Netflix. I don't particularly care for the ending, but just that interaction between the prime minister and this other minister is very interesting. And I think it alludes to this kind of behavior that Boris is exhibiting. Sajid wrote, prime minister, it was a privilege to have been asked to come back into government to serve as secretary of state for health and social care at such a critical time for our country. I've given every ounce of energy to this task and I'm incredibly proud of what we have achieved. The UK has led the world in learning to live with COVID. Lol. Thanks to the amazing rollout of our booster program, investments in treatment and innovations in the way we deliver healthcare, the British people have enjoyed months more freedom than other comparable countries. Yeah, but those comparable comparable countries aren't now dealing with another wave of COVID. So you can shut your shut the fuck up. Um We've also made important strides in the recovery and reform of NHS and adult social care. The longest waiters are, are down by 70%. And as you know, I've been working hard on wider modernization um, of the NHS. Why? He's writing more about himself. Fuck off. But they wrote all of this as a way to kind of set themselves up for what they were about to do next, clearly. Anyway, Rishi wrote, It is with deep sadness that I'm writing to you to resign from the government. It has been an enormous privilege to serve our country as Chancellor of the Exchequer. And I'll always be proud of how during the pandemic, we protected people's jobs and businesses through actions such as furlough. Uh, to leave ministerial office is a serious matter at any time. For me to step down as Chancellor while the world is suffering the economic consequences of the pandemic, the war in, U- um, in Ukraine and other serious challenges is a decision that I have not taken lightly. However, the public rightly expects government to be conducted properly, competently and seriously. I recognise this may be my last ministerial job, but I believe these standards are worse and worth fighting for. And that is why I'm resigning. Oh, fuck off. I've been loyal to you. I backed you to become leader of our party and encouraged others to do so. I have served as your chancellor with gratitude that you entrusted me with stewardship of the nation's economy and finances. Above all, I've respected the powerful mandate given to you by the British people in 2019 and how under your leadership, we broke the Brexit deadlock. Fuck off. That is why I've always tried to compromise in order to deliver the things you want to achieve. On those occasions where I disagreed with you privately, I have supported you publicly. That is the nature of the collective government upon which our system relies and is particularly important that the Prime Minister and Chancellor remain united in hard times such as those we are experiencing today. But you lot aren't experiencing hard times. This is the thing that I think that needs to be noted. Boris, all of the people that are talking right now, all of these ministers that resigned and they were doing whatever the fuck, none of them are experiencing hard times. We, the people, are experiencing the hard times, not them. And yet they can write all of this bullshit or this posturing because it's a performance for them. It's just a game to them. Like our lives are a fucking game. It's a joke. 
I, I firmly believe the public are ready to hear that. What is it? Our country is facing immense challenges. We both want a low tax, high growth economy and world-class public services, but this can only be responsibly delivered if we are prepared to work hard, make sacrifices and take difficult decisions. But all of those working hard are the working class. The sacrifices are made by the working class. The difficult decisions are made over the lives, quote unquote, difficult decisions are made for the lives of the working class. You lot are not affected. I firmly believe the public are ready to hear that truth. Our people know that if something is too good to be true, then it's not true. They need to know that whilst there is a path to a better future, it is not an easy one. It, it actually is very easy. Open your purse. You and your wife, that's richer than the Quinn. That's richer than a lizard, lizard breath. Open your purse. In preparation for our proposed joint speech on the economy next week, it has come, become clear to me that our approaches are fundamentally too different. I'm sad to be leaving government, but I've reluctantly come to the cl- conclusion that we cannot continue like this. So fuck off, like you suddenly have a heart. If I only had a heart. You don't have a heart. So they resigned and many, many ministers followed them thereafter. Everybody saying that, you know, basically deuces, I'm out. Um, And then it just became farcical. But the part that really upset me is that by them resigning, they still get a sort of like severance package or whatever, not a severance package, but they get a payout for no longer being in that role. That's about 100K. So again, this is what I say when I'm saying that they're playing with our lives, like they're taking us for pricks because they're already getting paid shitloads already, right? In their roles. But on top of that, they all come from rich families. The majority of them come from very rich families. So they've already gotten that money. Rishi definitely has money because his wife is stinking rich, right? So they already have all of those things. And he also made her richer during the pandemic for those, if you know, you know, right? So all of these things are going on. And then on top of that, you now chopped an extra 100K on top by basically going, we're resigning. Basically, you're playing chess with our lives. We're in a cost of living crisis. You lot are resigning like resigners. And then you're now chopping 100K each on top. But then you'll say that, oh, we're going through hard times. Are any of you going to put that money back? The money that you're going to get from from that, that little performance that you've done, just done, are you going to give it back to the people? Are you going to turn it down? What are you going to do? I doubt you're going to turn it down because when Boris in, um, introduced a two, what is it, a two over two thousand pound pay rise, all of you accepted it, no problems. And I just think that is fucking wild. Where is Ellie the elephant? Where is she? God. So. They were all resigning now. And then Kemi Babblycock now popped up with her own and said that she too, she's resigning. Now, that one I thought was very, very interesting. I mean, okay, everybody else is doing it. So you'll do your own, fine. But her braid sort of gave me the idea that she doesn't know when to leave something once it's done and done and done. You know, once it's passed, it's, it's done date. She's still there And the fact that she was Former equalities minister I just think that also is racist I just think it's so hilarious Like you can be the equalities minister When you have no equality to speak of Lol Um. So yeah So I tweeted that And then lo and behold I think it was a lot of Americans really But burner accounts popped up And Jason if you're one of them You really need to desist Desist, desist, desist Because you 
just don't play yourself. But it's just like these people will be lurking, obsessed with me, obsessed with wanting to kind of like find some way to bring me down, have something to say. Let me tell you something in case you haven't figured it out already. I'm a very problematic person. Very as we all are in this human experience and figuring things out. Some of you just aren't charismatic enough. So you don't have enough of a platform where people might take note of what you're doing. I'm sorry that no one gives a fuck about you. But even the ones that are seen, a lot of people have gotten good these days and not saying anything really online anymore. And they save all of their problematic behavior for offline. So there's no real kind of like trail of, you know, paper trail or behavior trail of what they've been doing. Me, I'm going to live beautifully, honestly. I'm going to live in my truth. And as I learn more, I, I, I reframe my life based on the new information that I collect. That is what I do because I am a smart fucking individual. And this is why all the time I say that I'm a dickhead in recovery because you don't want to miss that dickhead part. You don't want to miss that dickhead part. But you'll be tweeting like tweeters Like oh I can't stand the fact that Oh when black women want to insult each other They go for their hair Shut the fuck up Shut the fuck up Just stop talking Every day Thread Every day quote tweeting And coming with your disingenuous fucking theory Just shut the fuck up I don't care And it shows that I don't care. Like, I just wish everybody would take a moment to really notice the shift between episode one and episode fucking 206 or whatever the fuck I'm on now. I am half past giving a fuck. I am so past having fucks to give. I'm half past it. If fuck was 12, I'm at six. I don't care. There is little that you can say to me now that is going to penetrate where I'm at because I have come to understand that a lot of people are woefully unhappy, lacking direction and incredibly envious of anyone that they feel has some sort of zest to their life. You have no clue what these people have going on. You have no clue, but you just want to keep nipping at them, nipping at them from your burners because you never have the chest. You never have the fucking sternum. You don't have it. You lack the rib cage for what you are attempting and you will fall there. You will fall into that pit. How many episodes have I had to make now to curse your lives? How many? Are you not tired? Because me personally, I can't be chopping, chopping, chopping curses the way that you lot are. Boy, I know the amount of protective praise that I say over myself. I can't be chopping curses like you lot do. And I just, I just don't understand why you want it for yourself. Because I know that you listen to the podcast as well, because you lot are fans, baby. You're fans. But you see that tweet, you go and extract any sort of nuance, any sort of context from the thing, just to make it a particular thing. And then you'll quote tweet me after searching my tweets and going, this you? Yeah, bitch, it is me. I said that and I said this and I stand 10 toes down on everything I fucking said. That hair is weaponized against black women in the workplace. Yeah, 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 yeah. I said all of that. But you see behind Kemi? You see behind Kemi? Call me Betty because I'm petty. Okay? Call me Betty because I'm fucking petty up in this bitch because 
anything that I have to my disposal, disposal, no matter how childish, no matter how wayward, I will fire am. I will fire am in her direction. Why? Because she specifically has the access and the resources to be able to do better than what she does. And actually, we've just noticed a theme with the people that decide to be contrarians, that decide to go against what's best for the black, um, you know, the black collective. That their hair is always fucked, whether man, woman, cat, dog. Hair is always fucked. Well, we don't even have just man, woman. I didn't want to jump straight to cat, dog. Like there's that as well. But whoever they are, well, however they, they identify, we've also got the, you know, the people that might not necessarily, but I don't know. I actually don't think that people who move that wayward see anything other than the gender binaries that are put in front of them. So I'll keep it as that, but I don't know because there could be wayward people who also don't identify um, in that way. So fine. Anyway, back to what I was saying that it says it in the Bible. By their regrowth, you shall know them. Like I see a direct correlation. I don't care if you're like, oh, but there's no, where's the scientific data? I'll get somebody to get gathered the scientific data for you if you really want to. But from what I have seen throughout my life, there is a direct correlation with people who um, have straggly braids like her, who, who have the means to not have those straggly braids and their belief systems. I've worked closely with somebody who is similar and, and, and it's, a, it's a fact that holds. The stragglier the braids when they have access to not to not have it that way, the more wayward they are. I don't make the rules. The wonkier their shape up or the lack of shape up from these sort of guys, the wayward, the more wayward they are. But you want me to deny that truth because oh no, we have to be on code when we're tweeting and public. Fuck you, lot, man. We have to be on code. You are only on code for when it serves you. The moment that I do something that you don't like, all of your Cody Cody goes out of the window. Didn't someone call me a mammy? I was like, you fucking idiot. Fuck off. All of your code code goes out of the window when it's somebody that you don't like. And if I don't like Kemi, then my codes have gone out the window as well. It is what it is. I'm, I, tell, I told you, everybody's a hypocrite, but you have to choose what you're a hypocrite for. And I, I don't see what I said that was so, so wild. It's accurate. I was genuinely surprised that she jumped shit with the rest of the people then because her braids give me the vibe that she doesn't know when something is, you know, over and done with. What now? What have I said again? I didn't call her ugly because I don't actually think she's ugly. I didn't call her anything. I didn't body shame her. I didn't do none. I just made an observation about her braids that I poetically also saw a correlation with or you know or there was no correlation with her braids and her desire to leave government when she felt like it was no longer serving her what have I now done but you want to come and quote and thread and thread and thread that thread you'll wind it around your own body and that's how you'll be enclosed and imprisoned there the threading of your own making That is where you'll find yourself But it's a real, real problem These people that want to do up, do up Fred And want to do up theory When it's somebody that you don't like Like even when um, Quajo said what he said About Michael Gove Because he <laughs> Michael Gove, my God How useless can you be? Are you not embarrassed? In the period where everybody was resigning You were the one motherfucker that got fired 
Nah, do you know how sourceless you have to be? Do you know how lacking of source? Do you know how lacking you have to be of any sort of anything where everybody around you is resigning? You got fired. Nah. Nah, that is wild. Unless it was some kind of weird gameplay where it was just like, oh, please, can you fire me? Because no, I don't think Boris would have fired you to help you out, you know? Uh, Please fire me because then it looks like I remained loyal to the end. I don't know. It's all such a mindfuck. But my God, you're an embarrassment. All of these men resigned. You were the one that, you were the one that Boris found and fired you. So anyway, Quadra wrote a thread about, oh, you know, However anyone feels about anything regarding uh, the Tories or whatever whatever, Michael Gove was actually trying to make some changes regarding housing Such and such Um, And here's a thread of the things that he was doing And you know we're all friends Well I'm not friends with some of you that are listening um, But for the most part we're all friends here I don't agree with the thread I don't But You offer grace to people, right? And I didn't like how some of the people who might have felt the way that I felt like, "Mm, this probably is not the time to be doing this. They couldn't also add that, how old is Quajo? How much has he been doing already? How much has he shown himself to be about this life? How much has he already shown that he's about this life? Okay, he made this misstep. He made it from a place of just caring and wanting genuine change for the people that he's been, you know, um, you know, doing his activism for. Not seeing that sometimes a lot of these um, lizards have their ulterior motives and we have to be careful how we go about talking about them because they actually try to use us as the conduit to rebrand themselves and have a strong foothold in our communities. You can have those conversations But the ways that some of the people were speaking at Quadra I was just like, are you alright? Is it just this matter or is there another matter on top? Because usually there's another matter on top And that matter is always to do with an eye that's green Green eye, envy, jealousy, jealousy Nine, they worry you If you lot are so sure that you could do the things that are being done Do it You also, what, nev- what I never really can get my head around is like So many of you, man, have your own pages whether you choose burnout or otherwise, you have the same opportunity to build your platforms in the way that other people have built their own platforms. But I don't know what it is that goes off in your head that you're just like, well, since it hasn't worked for me, I'm just going to berate them at every opportunity. Don't let demons use your soul in the way that your soul is being used. Like, do not let Beelzebub use your soul as an Airbnb fam. Do better. There is definitely a way to call people in when they might be doing something that's like, er, let's try to course correct on that. But some of you aren't even using that language in the same way. Like, it's like you've been waiting for this day to pile on this person. And I, I'm just not here for it. I'm not. I cannot be. I wasn't here for it when some of you lot were doing that to slum flower, um, as in Chidera. And I'm not here for it. This time, there's just something in my spirit that doesn't like when people come at people on a mad vibe in that way. I don't, I don't like it. But as for Kemi, like I said, I said what I said. I said what I said. And you will thread and you'll thread and you'll thread and you'll die there because you will not change what I said. Like you're looking for somebody that you can run mad. And unfortunately, it's not me. Kemi is wayward This is the same person that said 
that colonialism had its benefits and um, slavery wasn't as bad as it was making out and that Britain is not a racist country. That person is just a dark-skinned white supremacist. That is all you're dealing with, a dark-skinned white supremacist. Because they are rewriting history right in front of our face. They're happy to do that for the crumbs, the morsels that they're given that feels like, ooh, access, that feels like, ooh, social mobility. Fuck off. Fuck off. So it says here, Kemi Badenoch has entered the race to be the next prime minister. Ugh! The MP resigned from her post as Minister for Equalities and Leveling Up Communities. I don't know what communities she leveled up. Maybe the Ku Klux Klan. Um, On Wednesday, during a whirlwind 48 hours in which dozens of Tory colleagues also stepped down from ministerial roles. Um, Why is this not moving? They were protesting against Boris Johnson's handling of the scandal surrounding the selection of Chris Pincher as Deputy Chief Whip. But... I feel like on top of that, they knew that that clip that I paid you was also going to come out about him. Backbencher Tom Tugendhat became the first contender to formally throw his hat into the ring and has been followed by a flurry of ambitious colleagues. Badenoch, who represents Saffron Walden, said if unsuccessful in her ploy for number 10, she plans for a smaller state and a government focused on the essentials. Yeah, I don't think that that's what the vibe I get. I don't I don't think she realistically believes that she's going to become prime minister, but by throwing her hat in, like it sets her up for getting a more sturdy role in government is what I believe because she played her part, but she's going to soon see how misogynoir isn't working in her favor. Her policies would also include lowering taxes, uh, taxes alongside tight spending. <laughs> Lol. The 42 year old, conf- she's 42. Now I've got to give it to her. She's cute. She's just she's got a very horrid soul The 42-year-old confirmed her intention to run for the top seat in the Times on Friday She had posted her resignation letter on Twitter Oh God, I hit the mic In the hours before Johnson bowed out on Thursday lunchtime Although Johnson didn't actually bow out She wrote, with great regret, I resigned from the government this morning It has been an honour being equalities and local government minister It was a privilege to have worked with so many great ministerial colleagues And civil servants in these roles Tories are rushing to take sides in the race To become the new prime minister After former chancellor Rishi Sunak uh, Declared he has set his sights on the top job Former minister Steve Baker Has backed Attorney General Suella Braverman's uh, campaign Despite previously saying he was seriously considering Putting himself forward for the top job Foreign Secretary Liz Truss is also widely expected to run for leader. Mr. Baker ha, um, said that, um, wrote on a, cons- a Tory blog, Conservative Home, consistently put me in their top, was it? Said, Tory blog, Conservative Home, consistently put me in their top 10 for next prime minister. They sometimes put me in their top five, but said it would be very difficult to persuade colleagues to back him for the party-wide ballot without cabinet experience. On Friday evening, he tweeted, I considered standing for the leadership. My priorities are delivering against our manifesto with our mandate, cutting taxes and seeing through Brexit. Um, Happily, I no longer need to stand. Suella Braveman will deliver these priorities and more. Um, Earlier, Mr. Sunak, 
announced his bid for leader on Twitter saying, let's restore trust, rebuild the economy and reunite the country. You delusional dickhead. You are the reason that the economy is also what it currently is. Like you are part of the reason it is that way. How did you just raise all of our energy costs and everything last month or whenever it was a few months ago and then turn around and say that we should rebuild the economy, the the economy that you broke down what kind of wildness is that? You're the one destroying the thing and then you're trying to convince us that we can rebuild it together. Fuck off. They said, are you ready for Rishi? I am as ready for Rishi as I'm ready for seven rhinoceri, or is it rhinoceroses, to come and stamp on my pussy. That's as ready as I am for Rishi. Rishi. No, he's fishy. I don't want any of them, but quite surprisingly, there are so many black and brown people, well, so many, but you get what I mean, who are, who are running for um, party leader. And it will be interesting that the Tories are further ahead in non- that in the possibility or the probability of having a non-white um, leader and thus a leader of this country than the Labour Party. Because the Labour Party refuses to acknowledge the deeply entrenched racism within its ranks. And that tells you something. Because I don't think that policy-wise, except for Jeremy Corbyn, I just think like if we're looking at Keir Starmer and all of them lot, I don't think that policy-wise they're too different from what I've seen some of the Tories peddling. Um, I just believe it will be, I guess, lighter. But if we're talking about like, are we, are we focusing on the colour of people? Or are we focusing on what they're able to achieve? Because if we're talking about um, colour, then essentially at some point, um, yeah, a non-white white supremacist is likely to be the leader of this country at some point. Of course, if we're talking about an anti-racist leader, we're nowhere near nowhere. This country is so deeply beholden to their suffering that it's unlikely that they'll vote in somebody that's like, actually, do you also know that the monarchy is your problem and it's the um and having it there as an institution is holding you back from understanding that you don't have to be born, you're not born into the roles that you end up playing in this life. Like things can be different and things can be more equitable. You don't really want that because they're gonna uproot so much about what makes this country tick and what makes the um powerful people that have the money in this country what makes them that money so um it says here mr sunak has the backing of commons leader mark spencer former tory party co-chairman oliver dowden and ex-minister liam fox um so like it's looking like it's rishi i just think that kemi threw her own in there um to add some seasoning but i refuse i i do not want a black female um essentially a black female prime minister um, that's a Tory and is Kemi because I'd rather not. But Preeti's there. Um, another wayward one is there. They're all just gathered there. All of these just uh, Sajid, obviously, he's thrown his hat in there as well. Just all of these um, tanned and darker white supremacists who say that they also want to be leaders of the country and then people will think that they're being progressive by voting for them when actually no you're still voting for white supremacy you and you know that you know that and you know that they'll execute it well as well because they want to make you happy and they want to make you proud so you're going to vote for them and you'll make yourself feel better about oh, i'm not racist i voted for pretty i voted for pretty she said she was going to send all of them nignogs back to rwanda i said all right then let's have it so this country is in the gutter and um, that is how I feel about that. But in terms of um, 
Boris actually resigning I can't remember him saying that he would He just said that, you know, another leader will be chosen Which is a fact because they do get chosen at some point But he says that he'll stay on, on, you know, doing his job Until that happens I just have a very odd feeling I would just say, I hope that there are no sort of like terrorist um, scares that will then make people say, you know, I don't think we need any more instability right now. It's best that things stay as they are. And so he stays, regardless of all the things that have been thrown at him at this point to remove him. And then he'll turn around and be like, well, I didn't actually say that I was going anywhere. It's the way he wheeled out Carrie with that baby carrier to stand there as he gave his speech. That is the one that threw me because I just thought, you know that she she doesn't carry that baby. You know she doesn't carry that baby. Why did you put her in that? It doesn't even go with her outfit. Now Nadine Doris is more dressed up than she is. What the fuck? How are you having the sister wives, sister wives next to each other? And then the, 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 this one is looking better. The, the part-time one is looking better than the full-time one. What kind of life is that? And then now he's probably recommending her to, to be in the house of Lords as in Nadine. We have to look at the way that he has really used it. He, like he's like corrupted or he's, yeah, it's, he's, I would say corrupted the power that he has. I mean, the power that he has was corrupt already, but he used it to serve his whims. And I joked the other day about like, you know, if he's clapping those cheeks, he's going to get you some kind of job role. But that is, that is literally him being a predator. I'll get you this. Let me see that pussy though. And that is, so we have people who shouldn't be where they are just because they've gargled his cum. (laughs) Nadine. What? It's funny because when I wrote that tweet about Nadine, because she tweeted about I hundred percent, um, you know, um, I hundred percent back Boris, and he makes I, from the time that I've known him, he's always made the um the right choice on the big decisions. I said, well, I hundred percent know that he's, he, you know, he's he's been in your, you know, making some big decisions in in positions behind you. Um, and then I got a random message cussing me out on my um, pole dancing page, um, pole dancing email address, which was hilarious to me. Uh, I've been here for a while. Fucking hell. Let me wrap this up. Um, but it was just so much. God, so, so much. So, so much. Um, but yeah, I didn't actually hear him like resign. But everyone's saying Boris has resigned as conservative leader and blamed the herd instinct of the Tory MPs for pushing him out of office. He even mentions um, a group of people and he's like, oh, the only group of people who never leak. So you're just pissed that people leaked the the wildness and the badness that you were doing. No remorse whatsoever. In a statement outside Downing Street, Johnson acknowledged that no one is remotely indispensable and accepted that it was the will of the Parliamentary Conservative Party that he should leave number 10. But he also signaled his intention to stay on as prime minister while the party picks his successor, potentially until autumn, triggering an immediate backlash among uh, among Tory MPs. The statement brings an end to an extraordinary standoff between Johnson and cabinet ministers, including his new chancellor, Nadim Sahawi, who also... Um, I think wants to run as well, who were urging him to quit and anger over the Chris Pincher affair and other scandals. 
Joined by his wife, Carrie, and a number of Tory supporters, Johnson said he was sad to be giving up the best job in the world and claimed it was eccentric to change governments at this stage. I regret not to have been successful in those arguments. When the herd moves, it moves, he said, in a reference to the cabinet and MPs moving against him while paying tribute to the brilliant Darwinian system. That caused, it, uh, that caused his downfall. Them's the breaks, he added. The prime minister said he had point, um, appointed a cabinet to serve, as I will, until a new leader is in place. Um, the prime minister said he had appointed a cabinet to serve, as I will, until the new leader is in place, pointing to a sense of duty and obligation to the public. His uh, resignation will kick off a leadership contest over the coming months in which Rishi uh, Rishi Sunak, Ben Wallace, Liz Truss, Sajid Javid, Penny Mordaunt, um, Jeremy Hunt, Tom Tom Tugendhat, Suella Braverman, among others, are likely to stand to become the prime minister. Um, However, senior conservative MPs are pushing back against the idea that Johnson should be allowed to stay in office for any longer and want to see an interim leader in place such as Dominic Raab. Labour also said it would force a confidence vote in a prime minister unless he stepped down from number 10 in short order. Support drained away from Johnson more than 50 um, as more than 50 ministers and government aides resigned in a rolling walkout, while a slew of office supportive backbenchers declared no confidence in his leadership. Um, I just think all of that's interesting because when everybody was going on strike um, a few weeks ago, it was all, oh, this is so unnecessary and people shouldn't be doing this, said by not just Boris, but other, you know, MPs as well. Like they shouldn't be doing this, but you did the same thing to get the result that you want. So you withdrew your labor to get the result that you wanted. But when everyday people do that, then that's a problem. And this is why you lot need to go suck out, to be honest. But um, yeah, I really don't know what to make of all of this. I think that there's more bass boss to come because Dominic Cummings really took his time to deal with Boris and get him out. Like he, I feel like he is the, you know, the puppeteer in this whole situation, definitely. And I wouldn't be surprised with that whoever wins brings him with them into government because, or has a contract with him um, or, you know, brings him on as a contractor for something or other going forward because, Loads of things were leaked um, to get Boris out and somebody is very, very responsible. Somebody that knows him well, I believe. Um, so that's that for So You Mad. I feel like that was, no, not that. That's not it. That uh, Leading on from that. So Loose Women were talking about Boris leaving the role and um, what's her name? What's her name now? Why has it gone out my head? Linda Robson, that's the one. Linda Robson is an English actress. That's why I was singing Birds of a Feather and television pre- presenter. She's best known for playing Tracy Stubbs in the sitcom, um, sitcom Birds of a Feather and her appearances as a weekly panelist on the ITV series Loose Women. So Loose Women, you already know that some of these women have the most wayward, most like asinine takes on everything but this one really floored me. 
Aren't all glad? I'm sad. I'm really sad because I've been a bit of a Boris fan, as everyone knows. He lives in Islington, where I live, and I used to see him all the time and stop and have a chat with him. But so there's a lot of people live in Islington. I know, Linda, I know. Does it make him a good prime no, minister? No, <laughs> he's, he's been through more than any other prime minister since the war, really, hasn't no, he? First he of all, we had Brexit, then we had COVID, then he got COVID and he nearly died. Oh, and I think the public should have had some say in this. I don't think it should I wish have been I should up have had the politicians. I think we all had a right to have a say in it as well. Yeah. And I think he's done quite a good job, really, when you look back at Harry Wilder, all the vaccinations and then the furloughed people that were out of work and that my brother-in-law was a taxi driver had never been given money for nothing in his life so but he kept him going while while they were in covid and everything so yeah i'm a fan of boris and i'm really sad wow. and i don't think that bringing the baby out i think it was just bringing his family out on his last sort of speech or whatever oh, so yeah no i'm very sad that he's going and i've got two bedrooms of my house boris if you're looking for somewhere to live because he's now homeless as well, <laughs> he isn't he? he's got nowhere to live anymore hmm. being chucked out of there down in the street so where's he gonna go so you believe, Linda, that this man has nowhere to go. Boris, who's been mayor, who's been, was it, foreign secretary and prime minister, he's got nowhere to go. The, the loose in women, is it about the screws that's clearly loose in your thinking, in your head? Because what are you talking about? Like these white women are telling us all of the time in various ways, I voted Tory. I voted Brexit. I voted this. I voted that. And they'll say it in such a nonchalant way, like, oh, they're just having a casual conversation. It's really not that deep. You know, it is just what it is. And it's just like, what you are saying is absolutely wild. I'm a fan of Boris. What are you a fan of? What are you a fan of? Like, Jesus of Islington, what are you a fan of? And you'll just be saying that on national TV and other people will be sitting there with their rich tea biscuits. I'm going to definitely get some after this. And their cup of tea, talking about, oh, I agree with Linda. She is right. He did almost die of COVID. Did he? Did he? Where's the proof? And why didn't, why didn't we get a choice between him and COVID? Why, why, who made that choice? Oh, the public should have had a choice. Well, I know that you're talking about something else, but I also believe the public should have had a choice in that. But it's like, oh, the public should have had a choice as to whether he goes or not. No. Because clearly, like, people like you want to vote waywardly. No. Like, it's scary to see just everyday people just not seeing what the issue is. Oh, he's had it the worst of all the prime ministers throughout history. First of all, you don't know history. So let's start there. So I'm saying throughout history where you only know five minutes ago. Stop it. He's got nowhere to go. What do you think these people do? I feel like there's such a disconnect between the people who are raised as working class in this country and the people who are in the higher um, echelons of society because I don't know what the fuck she thinks is going on, but it's not reality. And if you know people like this, please get them together, get them in line. Well, now I've got to be quick with Start Your Motors because so many things... um, I had to say in that So You Mad segment, my lips and my throat's proper dry. Dry cry. You can tell even my heart cries, but who cares? Whose fault? No one but Boris Johnson's. Sorry. So this weekend was the Austrian Grand Prix um, at taking place at Red Bull Ring, uh, where they still have a picture up of Nelson Piquet, regardless of the fact that he called Lewis Hamilton a nigger. <laughs> But that's by the by, that's not what we're talking about right now. What I do want to address is the harassment and the racism and just the disgusting behavior that was um, exhibited by the fans um, 
at this particular race where women are having to come online and write threads saying like, oh, um, a random man started taking a picture of me without my consent. Other people were like being grabbed and like spoken to wildly. And eventually F1's going to have to realize that there's a massive, massive, massive issue with the culture of Formula One. And it can only be changed by being incredibly strict on, um, you know, you know, rules and and regulations but you don't want that because you know that you allow all the other people who take part and all all the older men to move as mad as they want to um that as they want to move so F1 wrote this statement um, or posted this statement after it all happened. They said, we have been made aware of reports that some fans have been subject to completely unacceptable comments by others at the Austrian Grand Prix. We take these matters very seriously, have raised them with the promoter and event security, and will be speaking to those who reported the incidents. This kind of behavior is unacceptable and will not be tolerated. You say that, but then you tolerate it every time because you go to places where this behavior is rampant. So I don't really know what is the actual truth. But and yeah, it was um oh, I even forgot to say in the last segment about Andrea Jenkins, the one who's been um taken on as what is she now? Um some kind of education something, something. And she was swearing at the crowds that were outside um number t- um they were outside number 10. Like I just, it's to me, it's ludicrous that somebody can call me this and call me that. Um, I'm extreme. I'm this, and I'm I and I'm uncouth. I'm this and that. But she's literally got her like middle finger up to the crowds that she's meant to be serving. She's swearing at them. Andrea, get in the bin with your middle finger. Get in the bin. Um, but anyway, back to this. So. Yeah, it's been an interesting weekend of like various things happening. Um, there is a driver. Let me see. I think his name is Jury Vip. Is it Jury Vip? Yuri. Yuri Vip. Um, he drives for like the Red Bull Formula. Is it Formula Two? Um, team. And the other day, when all the Nelson Piquet stuff was happening, Red Bull Racing. Uh, sorry, Red Bull Racist. No, sorry, Red Bull Racing. I got it right the first time or did I and put out a statement that he's now been taken off as driver because of the um, racial slur that he used but they um, it seems like they've actually left him um, to be part of the reserve still so he's not they didn't actually get rid of him he's still there Um, they said Red Bull Racing has suspended jury vips from all team duties while it investigates an alleged slur on social media. But it wasn't alleged because it was recorded. So basically he was playing some kind of video game. Um, I don't even know if he'll play, but he said the following. (laughs) Oh, 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 my God. Fuck. Bitch, nigga. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yuri. Yuri, yeah. Oh, man, I hate snipers. I keep fucking cracking them. He said, fucking nigger. That's what he said. And so on the surface, while the Nelson Piquet stuff was happening, literally at the same time, they were like, oh, he's been removed from all duties, rah, 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 rah. But actually he's still, from what I understood, he was still there as a reserve. Um, the racism is just too casual. In all aspects, it's just too casual. It says, let me see here. It says here. 
Um, Yuri Vips wasn't fired for using N-word He was demoted, never missed a race Interesting Yuri Vips is an Estonian racing driver Currently competing in the FIA Formula 2 Championship um, And is a member of the Red Bull Junior team Wow Wow I don't know what's going on there It says here F1 backup driver Yuri Vips was caught using the N-word While playing an online video game um, what's it say here? Online video game. Uh, former Red Bull backup driver Yuri Vips is still a member of the team, and despite being caught using the N word, one week after Oracle Red Bull Racing announced that it had terminated Vips' contract as a Formula One test and reserve driver, the team clarified that Estonian driver still remains a member of their junior program, according to ESPN. According to um, Asha Fair of Beyond the Flag, videos shared on social media show Vips saying bitch nigger uh, while on a Twitch live stream. Vips was playing Call of Duty Warzone with fellow Red Bull junior driver Liam Lawson. In their statement clarifying that Vips was still on their junior driver program, Red Bull noted that they are supporting him as he transitions away from his role with Oracle Red Bull Racing. The junior program helps younger drivers move up the ranks to F1, but some end up with other teams. But he shouldn't be on the thing any longer, right? He shouldn't have access to be able to move up to any teams If that's the kind of language he's using Vips also competes in F2 for High Tech Grand Prix He has not missed a race since the suspension And there is no evidence the team has punished him Of course not Of course not So why do you expect the fans not to move mad Where all the teams are doing nothing Nothing whatsoever To uh, to get rid of the racism Weren't you lot saying everybody should wear End racism t-shirts This is a time for you to quote unquote end it And you're doing fuck all Wild Absolutely wild Um, In a statement The team principal Oliver Oak said He wants to give Vips A chance to redeem himself I've made the decision For Yuri To keep his F2 seat With high tech For the remainder Of the season A decision we have Seriously debated Oak said Allowing him to complete This season with high tech Is an opportunity For him to demonstrate Through his actions The type of person he is We've already seen The type of person he is On Call of Duty Warzone Via Twitch I've made it clear That I think the language Used was totally unacceptable But I choose to give him The chance to redeem himself Because to you It's just language Red Bull initially Suspended Vips Pending an investigation And then announced It had terminated the contract a week later The 21 year old completed his first F1 test drive Earlier this season before the race in Spain Vips issued an apology on Instagram Before the contract was terminated Saying he deeply regretted the incident And would cooperate with the investigation They always re- deeply regret it when they're caught fools um, But what's, I find that really interesting But what I also found interesting is that Sometimes when we're talking about like racism um, within Formula One or things like that, it can be it can be very Lewis focused, and there are so many other people um, apart from Lewis. And I just want to take this moment to talk about my baby Yuki Tsunoda. You know, he drives for Alpha Tauri, so he's um, part of like the Red, Red Bull Racing uh, Academy and all of them things or drivers program. So I was watching the press conference for the Austrian Grand Prix um, a few days ago. And one of, the, I think it was um, Will Buxton, is it his name? He asked um, Verstappen and Tsunoda how they feel about the fact that Helmut Marco has asked for a psychotherapist to start working with Yuki, Yuki because um, of Yuki's outbursts on radio while during a race. 
And like, what are their thoughts on this? And I just thought, wait, 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 wait a minute. So you decided to get a psychotherapist for the anger, disproportionate anger that somebody expresses via radio during a race and the person you thought that you would give that psychotherapist to is Yuki Sonoda. Yuki that's going from canteen to canteen to go and eat gorgeous, gorgeous food. I've never, I mean, I could be wrong, but I've, I can't remember a time hearing Yuki going like wild on radio where I'm just like, you know what? That was out of hand. But then we don't, we don't always hear all of the team radios in it. But I just feel like there's something a little bit racist, a little bit racist about the fact that it's Yuki that they're focusing on. And when you think about like East Asian people and the way that the stereotypes um, that's portrayed about East Asian people in um, mainstream culture, it's this idea of like, oh, you know, deeply respectful, acquiescing to everything, no pushback, this, that, this, that. Like taking away anybody's personhood, taking away people's personhood, mad. So I feel like Yuki comes now with a little bit of um, spice, a little bit of pizzazz. I don't know. He might have said like things that are unwarranted. Fine. And then you're like, no, you're the one that needs the psychotherapist, not Verstappen. Not Verstappen, the one that literally drives his car and he even revved the car on top of Lewis's head. Like, it's Verstappen? That doesn't, you, 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 you walked right past Verstappen with the psychotherapist and took it right over there to Yuki. Wow. 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 It says here, Alpha Tauri driver Yuki Tsunoda has repeatedly been noticed on the past by freaking out on the radio. His racing engineer in particular felt the frustration of the Japanese so that Red Bull has now organized a psychology for, uh, so, psychologist for Tsunoda as Red Bull motorsport consultant Helmut Marko announced on Service TV. Thank God our, Ma- our Max is calm, says Marco. Our problem child is Tsunoda. He explodes on the radio. You think that doesn't exist at all. Um, although the Alpha Tauri driver has improved somewhat this season, Red Bull still saw a need to catch up. And that's how I'm saying to you, you know that, you know this shit is racist because of the first sentence that I've read out there. Marco, Helmut Marco said, thank God our Max is calm. Which Max are you talking about? Pepsi Max? Which Max are you talking about? Because you cannot be talking about this Maximum, Maximilian, Maximaxa, Maxipad, Verstappen. You cannot be talking about energy drink boy. You cannot be talking about him being calm. No, I feel like this is bullying. I, again, I don't dispute whether maybe like Yuki needs to calm down in the way that he's speaking to people. Cause I do believe like you have to speak to people with respect. So if he's moving mad on the radio, of course, get him in line and teach him, give him tools to be able to do better. But I don't really see that of him. But Verstappen was right. He's right there. And you went all the way to Sonoda. Something is not right. Something is really, really not right. Um, Max is calm Max is calm Lol Um, I just Yeah I just Oof Oof Yeah 
it's um it's a lot. It's a lot. That's all I can say about that. But actually for the actual race itself, um, I was disgusted by the fact that people were cheering when um I think was it on Friday's practice, um, Hamilton was it Friday? No, Saturday was it Saturday? Was it no, that was P eight. I think it was when was it? Basically, Hamilton's car spun out. Um, same thing happened with um Russell during um qualifying sorry that was during qualifying because we had the sprint race so basically the austrian grand prix we had qualifying then we had the sprint race we had qualifying on friday we had sprint race on saturday and then we had the race race on sunday so during qualifying on friday which as i've explained you want to see which car can do the fastest laps and then that's how everybody's graded on the grid where they'll start for the sprint race based on how fast they were able to go with their car and um you know, it just so happened that, um, you know, Hamilton didn't quite do it and neither did um, George Russell. So the sprint race was just much more difficult for them. But the sprint race meant that um, Verstappen got pole position um, from there. You know, for, he got pole position during that race. Um, just bringing it up here. It was all just very interesting to me. Um, but I was, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. People make mistakes. You know, people make mistakes. All good. But I just don't like that people were cheering when that happened to um, Hamilton completely like destroying the back of his car. And so thankful that the mechanics and the engineers were like able to fix it um, in time for um, in time for the race, you know, the sprint race and otherwise like they were able to fix that because otherwise he wouldn't have been able to race and then that would mean even less points but when he's really finding his groove he's really really finding his groove and for that I am happy so yeah the way that the weekend broke up was um was um spread out rather is that Friday you had a free practice one and then qualifying and then Saturday free practice two and then the sprint race and then Sunday was the actual race um but yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was what it was basically. And Verstappen got pole position from there. Leclerc got second um, place. Like he got P2, Sainz got P3. George Russell got P4. Um, then Ocon got uh, fifth. Magnussen got sixth. Schumacher got seventh. And Alonso got eighth. And Hamilton got ninth position. Gasly got 10th. Um, Albon got 11th, Bottas got 12th, Perez got 13th, Sunoda got 14th, Norris got 15th, Ricardo got 16th, Stroll got 17th, Joe got 18th, Latifi got 19th and Vettel got 20th. Um, and that was the, um, starting grid for, um, that was the starting grid for the Saturday and Hamilton made, you know, he made the most of it. He made the most of it. And because Verstappen was the fastest during qualifying, he got pole position for the sprint race, basically. Um, and so that meant that the starting lineup for the uh, the race on Sunday was Verstappen in first place, Leclerc in second, Carlos Sainz in third, George Russell in fourth. So Russell started fourth and finished fourth, basically. Uh, Perez fifth. Ocon 6th, Magnussen 7th, Hamilton 8th 
Um, and from that position during the race, while there was a crash, there was a collision, so, sorry, during the uh, first few laps, which meant that, um, was it like the first few laps that when George Russell collided with um, Perez and so Perez eventually couldn't finish the race. So he was out and George Russell just managed, managed, managed and eventually got himself through like great driving, got himself up to fourth position and Hamilton got himself um, to third. So he got a podium finish this week and last week. So Silverstone, he got third and then he also got third place this week. So it's great improvements are being made. And it also I'm happy for George Russell because apart from last weekend's race at Silverstone, it means that he's now back doing, you know, with, um, in top five positions. All of these races, except for Silverstone, he's finished in top five. So he's clearly back in that space again. Um, so, yeah, that was, you know, that was good. <sighs> that was good. It's just a lot. And also the thing with sprint weekends is that it gets them even more points. So they appreciate that. But it ended up with Leclerc actually winning the race because he drove, he did what he drove well, even though in the last few laps, his throttle wasn't quite working anymore. Unfortunately for Carlos Sainz, his car set alight, um, which is scary. Very, very scary. If his car was still in the race, then Hamilton would have finished fourth. Um, so... I'm sorry about that signs. Um, it's like it all went up in smoke for you to go from winning. He won Silverstone last week. So, you know, he was coming on that vibe of like, I'm going to boss this. This week is going to be sick. Yeah, 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 yeah. And only for his car, car to do. This car is on fire. This car is on fire. Sorry, I had to get, I had to get it off my chest. So Leclerc finished first. Um, and he's never finished first without having a pole position. So for the fact that he finished first and he actually had, was it P2? He started from P2. Oh, that's nice. Mick Schumacher got driver of the day. He got his first point um, in F1 last week and he's been doing well. He's building his confidence. So yeah, he finished sixth. So he got some nice points this week. Um, so yeah, Leclerc finished first. Verstappen finished second. But like he said, oh, you know, second is better than third because... I think that he might, if science had stayed in, there's a chance that he would have gotten third instead of second. Um, so yeah, so Leclerc first, Verstappen second, Hamilton third, uh, Russell fourth, Ocon fifth, Schumacher sixth, Norris seventh. I think Norris drove really well today, actually. Uh, Magnussen eighth. Ricardo ninth and Alonso 10th. The only thing I had an issue with was um, a lot of the drivers getting black and white flags for going over the track limit. And I don't know what it was about this particular circuit that meant that so many of them were getting five, like penalties, like time penalties for doing such. Russell got a five second penalty for his collision with um, Perez. Um, but even still, he still finished fourth. So even after the five seconds were applied, the person that was behind him was still more than five seconds. I think like um, 0.33 seconds still behind him anyway. So even when the five second penalty was applied, he would he still kept, maintained his position. But yeah, lots of like penalties just flying about the place over the course of the weekend. And lots of people doing things that they shouldn't be doing um, regulation wise. But it seems like a blind eye has been turned to that because it's not Lewis that people re- you know, usually want to get on top of and, and be like looking for his trouble. So 
Anyway, the driver standings remain as um, Verstappen, he's on 208 points. Leclerc is on 170. Perez is on 151. Sainz is on 133. Russell is on 128. Hamilton's on 109. Um, Norris is on 64. Ocon is on 52. Bottas is on 46. Alonso is on 29. I really think that Hamilton's just going to keep building and building and building. I feel like he's got his head down and he's just going to keep building and building. I think that the Ferrari is way too unreliable for that, for both, for both drivers. I could be wrong, of course, but I think that the Ferrari is way too unreliable for both cars, but I mean, both drivers to finish in the top four. So if we're saying that the top four is currently Verstappen, Leclerc, Perez and Sainz, I don't think that that's going to be maintained due to the unreliable nature of their car because Hamilton is literally the only driver this season that has finished every race, I believe. Yeah, I think he's the only driver that's finished every race. I I pray to the most high that it remains that way. So, you know, that's a good look. It just goes to show his consistency and his hard work and I pray his luck. You know, so even if he's not getting the quote unquote best positions or hasn't been getting the best, you know, finishing positions, he's still hanging in there and still seeing the race through because I think that that's it. You know, it's not about the the rabbit, is it? Not the rabbit, it's the hare. You know, no, sorry, that a rabbit and a hare is the same thing. I meant the tortoise. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's just taking his time and he's doing what he needs to do. Um, so yeah. I'm I'm glad. I'm glad. Um, so yeah, I guess that's all I really have to say for um F1 this week. I don't want to be talking too much. So the next race is on the 24th of July. Um at, and that's the French Grand Prix. So let's see how that is going to play out, what that's all about. Um, I don't know if I have a desire that if I'd want to go to the French Grand Prix, I don't understand French like that i mean i know oh jaja i don't think that's french but um i mean mean, that particular sentence or that line but uh yeah i mean obviously uh, you can't look a gift horse in the mouth if somebody asked me to go i'll go but nobody's asked me but i just think like if all of all of the ones i would choose i don't know if i would choose that one i'd love to go to the singapore grand prix or the austin texas grand prix no i'd like i'd love to go to the mexican grand prix yo tacos on deck the fuck yeah i'd like to go to that one um so yeah that's that for start your motors um yes that's that for start your motors it's been a vroom vroom time okay i'm gonna get through straw of the week aka suck your mum. let's see how quickly i can do this lord um the first straw of the week goes out to the officer who managed to avoid jail time by being um even though he's a predator and a molester did i even read this um and i'm not even going to read kemi's stupid statement the, the article she wrote announcing that she was running for labor sorry god forbid that she was running for um leadership party leadership of the tories and she said something stupid like um what is it? Meanwhile, our country is falsely criticized as oppressive to minorities and immoral because it enforces its own cohesive, no, it enforces its own borders. We cannot maintain a cohesive nation state with the zero sum identity politics we see today. Um, just writing nonsense, like just so dangerous. My God, I'd, as a parent, I'd be disgusted if that were my child. 
Um, Bromley Met police officer Who sent sexual messages To boy of 15 years old Avoids jail A former Metropolitan police officer Has avoided jail After admitting To sending sexual messages To a 15 year old boy PC Will Scott Barrett Will Scott Barrett 33 Was handed a Nine month jail sentence Suspended for 12 months At Isleworth Crown Court The court previously heard that he pleaded guilty to a charge of sexual communication with a child on or before February 3rd last year. An earlier hearing was told he was in contact with the younger, uh, with the youngster using um, the Snapchat and Discord social media apps from April 2020. Scott Barrett of Bromley, Southeast London, sent messages including graphic sexual pictures and videos to the boy. The officer was off duty at the time of his offending, which is not said to have been connected to his role in the force. What are you writing, ITV.com? What the fuck are you writing? He was off duty at the time. What does that mean? What does that mean? He wasn't wearing his he wasn't wearing his uniform at the time that he sent the pic- pictures of his dick. To a 15 year old boy Is that what you're saying He needed to have the uniform on For this to be terrible It's not terrible enough That a 33 year old man Is sending images of himself To a 15 year old boy And he happens to work in law enforcement Honestly The media of this country Is in in cahoots With everything because this is some bullshit. Um, he has since resigned from his post. Oh, he got to resign. He got to resign. So he got to keep like his pension and stuff. Oh, that's lovely, isn't it? You can set you can be a pedophile and get to keep your job. You know, keep your pension. Wonderful. And avoid jail. A spokeswoman from the Metropolitan Police said a misconduct hearing found that if Scott Barrett had not resigned, he would have been dismissed. So you gave him the option to resign so he could keep his pension. Because there is definitely some kind of cult, some kind of like um, brotherhood in this country of all of these like predators and pedophiles. Like they're all part of a secret society and I'll stand 10 toes down on what I said. Because the normalization of all of this behavior, the fact that the church is talking about forgiving, officially forgiving Prince Andrew for his behavior, his sexual, his sexual predatory ways, just tells you that all of them are in on it. Anyway, during sentencing, Judge Robin Johnson, oh, okay, this is undoubtedly a sad case, sad for you in that you lost your job and your good character, but also sad, troubling and worrying for the family of the victim. Is Robin Johnson a man? Is Judge Robin Johnson a man that is saying that this is sad for him because he lost his job? So what what else should have happened from him sending videos and pictures of himself to a 15-year-old boy? What should have happened from there since you feel so sorry for him? My sympathies are with the victim and his family rather than you. Well, no, it sounded a lot that they that it was with him. This kind of offending harms children. That is self-evident. The harm done to the victim is incalculable. Well, you obviously calculated it as a, as a prison sentence that you could suspend. You were previously of good character. No, he was not previously of good character. You just didn't know of his bad character. You were a serving police officer at the time. So that makes him of good character. Everybody's fucking idiotic I've accepted that you express genuine remorse And are taking steps to assess your offending Scott Barrett, wearing a navy suit Light blue shirt and pink pattern tie 
sounds horrendous, remained silent throughout the hearing. He must undertake rehabilitation for 40 days and is subject to a sexual harm prevention order. Is he not going to be on a sex offenders list? Scott Barrett has also been ordered to pay a victim surcharge of and a statutory surcharge and may be subject to an order from the disclosure and barring service, uh, depending if the agency decides it's appropriate. Well, he's gotten away with enough already, so I wouldn't be surprised if they're like, oh, you know, you don't worry with that. We don't want to ruin your life. Look at the state of him. What a stupid outfit. And that's another Met Police officer, another one caught in sexual misconduct, um, um, you know, realities. Like, no, I'm, I'm just disgusted. Suck your mother for an eternity, you vile piece of shit. And anybody that felt that that was um, normal sentencing and felt that that was enough to just let him just do what he's doing. I don't want to hear about, oh, but we don't deal with people by using jail, jail, jail all the time. While you are still using jail disproportionately for black people, use the jail for these um, officers too. Use it. Gosh, he wasn't on duty at the time. But we've seen, we've literally seen police officers in uniform wanking in a park. (sighs) Anyway. So my next straw, again, goes out to the police, um, this time in America, uh, because Robert E. Cremo, or is it Crimo III, he's 22, uh, was suspected of shooting dead six people at a 4th of July parade. Um, He was taken into custody alive. But um, a few days before that, Jalen Walker, a black man, unarmed, as far as I know, um, he was shot. He had 60 gunshot wounds um, by from police. Um, or because they stopped him during a traffic stop. Um, they're like, oh well, he. Um, they're saying that, oh no, he was. Um, he was fleeing after shooting at police or whatever they said about the situation. And I was like, even if that's the case, you shot him six. You 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 shot him. You shot at him nearly a hundred times, but sixty of those bullets made contact. 60. But Robert E. Cremo, who was um, at large for ages, who definitely, definitely killed people, um, you managed to apprehend him alive. How is that possible? That is like, Jesus turned water into wine. Jesus rose on the third day after being crucified. But this, let me tell you, this is one of the miracles that I am yet to understand in this life. This is the ninth wonder of the world. How police managed to apprehend white mass shooters alive, but black people, whether they are armed or otherwise, end up um, dead before they even make it into handcuffs. And the worst part is with Jalen Walker, they when he arrived at the hospital, already dead because he was dead at the scene, when he arrived at the hospital dead, he was also in handcuffs. Were you expecting him to wake up from the 60 fucking gunshot wounds? My God. My God. It's so sad, like how blackness is criminalized in such a way that even in death, It's just like, no, you're going to wear these handcuffs because this is the story that we are telling about you. Um, That happened to Jalen Walker in Akron, Ohio. But as for Robert E. Cremo, this stupid 22-year-old pussy clerk, this vile human being, um, 
What we understand of this is that he did it at a 4th of July parade, specifically choosing an area because of his xenophobic, um, his xenophobic, uh, you know, expression, really. Um, and when you think about the 4th of July, what it means in terms of independence for, the, for America being a former British colony, all of these things, the land being stolen... All of these parades you're going to find throughout this year, uh, this year, it's going to be, or during, as this Pluto return is happening, they're going to be marked with violence because violence is how America was established. So violence is going to keep showing up until everybody faces the truth that this country cannot continue as it is. It just cannot. Um. Yeah, they said with um, Jalen Walker, um, he was 25. Um, he was, uh, it was during a foot chase um, after a, an attempted traffic stop and car chase and officers um, fired more than 90 bullets at him. And I just don't understand what could be that serious. Walker was not carrying a weapon when killed, though a handgun was later located in his car. But we know that police plant things all of the time. And even if he had a gun in his car, I don't believe that. Um, I think that it's... Um, I don't know if it's an open carry state or whatever. I haven't looked into that. But either way, the car, the the gun was in the car. It could have been placed there because we know that police plant evidence. Um, but if it was his gun, it was in the car. He was outside of the car, getting away, running away. He did not have the gun on him. So it does not warrant him being shot at at all, but definitely doesn't warrant him being shot at more than 90 times. And then 60 gunshot wounds making it into him. So like, I don't think he was standing for that 60. Do you get what I mean? He wasn't standing for that 60. So after the first two that you knew, two, let's go with it, that you made contact, what about the other 58? Nah, this is wild. It says here, Walker was not carrying a weapon when killed, though a handgun was later located in his car. Officers allege that Walker fired one or more shots during the preceding car chase with his handgun. A bullet casing that police say is consistent with, consistent with the recovered handgun was found in the area where police say Walker fired. But I bet if you do a ballistics test or a ballistics check, you will see that there's no way that he could have been driving the car and shooting at them at the angle that they would have claimed that he was shooting at them because every time these lot lie when it comes to their statements. So you can suck out those police officers that did that. I hope that you rot for an eternity. Like, I just hope that nothing good happens for you and anyone that believes in you, that believes anything that comes out of your mouth. Like, it's eight officers, eight officers currently on administrative leave for what they did. So they're being paid while all of this is going on. Eight, 90 shots, over 90 shots. So all of you, oh my God. But when people say Black Lives Matter, you'll start getting upset. But what I'm saying is that all of those shots were fired at Jalen, but Robert E. Crimo or Crimo, Robert E. Criminal was apprehended alive, even after shooting all the people that he shot at that parade. Killing people who just came out to celebrate, even though they shouldn't be celebrating that nonsense. That's not the point. Coming out to celebrate and boom, shot in the chest, gone. One girl said, talking about, one woman talking about her mum just shot in the chest right next to her, but she had to keep going because she knew that the shooter was still at large. This cannot continue to be the reality for people. 
I don't believe like, We talk about hell We talk about hell But how can this be different Where we are right now This is some bullshit So they can all suck out To be honest the, Those eight police officers Anybody who's helping to corroborate their story They can suck out Rest in peace to Jayland Walker And to all of the um, people who lost their lives Because of Robert E. Criminal Um it's just extremely, extremely sad. Um, and I just wanted to say uh, rest in peace to Kayon Williams, um, a black woman who was missing. Um, she was missing a little, a while ago. She was last seen leaving Oxford Street, um, um, the marketplace. I think it's what it's called in it, just behind Oxford Street. Um, they says that she was, you know, out that night and then her body was then discovered in the Thames. It says here, friends of Kayon Williams have paid tribute to a smart and amazing woman after a body was sadly recovered from the River Thames on Tuesday evening, July 5th. A desperate search was launched to try and find Kayon from Newham, who was last seen wearing a pink dress and white heels um, at 3.40am on Saturday, July 2nd in Marketplace near to Oxford Circus. Um... On Wednesday, 6th of July, police announced they had pulled the body of a woman from the water between Waterloo Bridge and Blackfriars Bridge the evening before. Um, While formal identification awaits, the family of the 24-year-old Kayon Williams, who had been reported missing from Newham, have informed um, police... Um, and have been informed Police have said they are not treating the death as suspicious and a file will be, will be prepared for the coroner. Um, now... Obviously, you want to treat a lot of these things with sensitivity. So upon hearing about the um, this incident, I immediately was on, like nervous again. Like, how is it that yet another black young person is dead and their bodies have been found near a body of water and we're being told that it's not being treated as suspicious? Now... We have on this occasion family members or friends of Kayon coming forward going, oh, don't make this a a justice thing. Don't make this your think piece thing. Maybe there is a reason it's not being treated as suspicious and a family don't want to talk about it and it's being kept in that way. And that's fine. But the thing is, and you know, all the respect to them and their privacy. However, there is something very sinister going on with the way that police are reporting deaths of black people young people who are found at bodies of water and it might not be in the for the same reason as Kayon's situation but we are old all too often we keep hearing that oh they were found in water and it's nothing suspicious even if they were so far away from their homes something is not adding up something really really sinister is going on even if we're saying that in this case Kayon's situation is not involved um I don't even know if anyone tweeted me wreck about that. I just didn't even interact. But um, it's just interesting to me, the kind of people that pop up when the, this sort of critique show up and it's like, yeah, no, I agree that, yeah, they shouldn't be talking about things like this. Yeah, but I mean, you in particular with your ugly, ugly, stupid self, like you hate dark skinned black women anyway. And that, that's who you're always looking for trouble from. Always forever looking for trouble with um, darker skinned black women So I'm not surprised that you don't have anything tangible to say Um, But I will continue saying, you know, rest in peace to Kayon And 
you know, if this situation is different to other situations, understandable. The police still need to be held to account for the ways that they dismissively say that there's nothing suspicious about more and more black people, young black people being their bodies being discovered by or in bodies um, of water. Something is not right. And I will keep, you know, keep my eye out for that because some it's just not okay. That's all I wanted to say. Wow, I can't believe I got to the end. I'm sure that is somehow three hours. Get your tickets to the live show. Follow me on at Kalechnikov or at Say Your Mind Pod. Show some love to the campaign that's now activated and is in various places. Um, patrons, you know the deal. Like, follow me or you know subscribe to me on Patreon.com forward slash Kalechnikov. And I think that that's it. Instagram suppressing my shit on a very very wild vibe. Um, so I feel like I'm going to be migrating more to TikTok. So you can follow me on TikTok. It's at Kalechnikov or Kalechnikov on TikTok. But yeah, I had to be gone from that higgy place um and the podcast has its own page but i haven't done much with it thus far um i made it to the end my throat is proper dry and yeah i've been kalechi okafo and this has been sym officially known as say your mind unofficially known as what what that's right suck your mum Woo! i'm tired i'll catch you on the flip side peace it's the Ben's Punani womanist Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this If you sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sipping yo Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know Collect you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind